MCA Universal Home Video announces the Universal Monsters Classic Collection. These are the titles monster fans have been waiting to sink their teeth into. Now at the spectacular price of just $14.95 each, suggested retail. Frankenstein. Dracula. The Wolfman. The Mummy. The Invisible Man. Creature from the Black Lagoon. The Phantom of the Opera. The Bride of Frankenstein. And Son of Dracula. retailer and ask for the Universal Monsters Classic Collection. Classic monster titles with a haunting new look and a price to die for. Count Alexula. Alexula. And we are here. It's the skeleton crew. And it's me, Count Schittenstein. Yo, I was trying to do an Igor. No, that's Dracula. I'm Igor. I cannot see the monster. What did you do with him, Frankenstein? <laughs> is it me, Igor, or the Hunchback of Notre Dame? We'll get to Igor, dude. Igor is fucked up, huh? Everybody thinks Igor is the one that helped Dr. Frankenstein make the monster, but I did not. He's my friend. <laughs> Never mind that bone protruding from his neck. <laughs> That's nothing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those bastards hung me because I was friends with Frankenstein. He probably never even met Frankenstein. I know, right? Yeah. He probably just fell down the stairs and he told people that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this is the Skeleton Crew. It's October. It is the spooktacular shows of the classic Universal Horror Monsters. And as you heard in the opening intro, that that opener is... uh, What that is, is that was directly from my TV. I started getting into horror through these movies and... Back then in the 90s, like the early to mid-90s, when you bought, the, all you could buy was tapes. And I used to go to Suncoast Video. Suncoast! Yeah, motherfucker! Yeah, we got Suncoast up here. Is it still in existence? Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no, it's like that blockbuster (laughs) episode of uh, South Park. I miss Turtles records and tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. What? There's some cool stuff in there, though. But so I went there and used to have to buy each of one of these classic Universal Monster movies separately, and they were fourteen ninety eight each, like you heard in that commercial that I played in the beginning. 
And uh, that's how I got these things, man. And I got the major ones. I got uh, all the houses of Frankenstein, Dracula, all that stuff. And I didn't go as far as the mummy and uh, the sequels to the Creature in Black Lagoon, things like that. Hmm. I waited till um, they... Uh, we got really lucky, and I think this is how Jamie has seen these movies. Uh, Jamie, you bought the Legacy Collections, correct? They're like DVD box sets? Yes. You have which ones do you have? All all six of them, or just a couple? Um, just uh, Werewolf and <laughs> Frankenstein. And That's it? yeah, really? Yeah. You didn't get the Creature in Black Lagoon one? No, my God, no! I I you know how badly I want that one because I love the creature so much. That's really? I just love the creature. Yeah, but um, yeah. Lucky for you, I got them all. <laughs> Well, why is that lucky for me? Are you moving in with me? (laughs) Hey, I I heard there's an opening. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't even care. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, so that's how I got into it. And the, the most fascinating part about all this is that Dan has never watched any of the classic Universal horror movies. Right, Dan? No, nothing. Nothing. Now, when you heard about these, did you think the same thing I thought when I hear about, even to this day, like Aliens and Godfather movies? I think they're, they just look so boring. I just, <laughs> I just do not want to sit through those movies. I don't know why, and they're probably great. How did you feel when you thought about these movies? Like Breaking Bad. <laughs> Breaking Bad seems so boring with that guy with it's the glasses. Just the title. <laughs> It just seems like, ugh, I have to sit through this. No, I'm guilty of it, too. We all are. Yeah, to me, it was always like um, the, the older movies anyways. Uh, I told you before, like, when the Psycho movies and all that shit. For me, it's hard to get into those movies. So, like, when you hear the typical, oh, yeah, Frankenstein, blah, blah, blah. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't turned off, but I definitely wasn't turned on to it. I wasn't like, I have to see these. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like, when you uh, think of Frankenstein, do you think... Like goofy, it's gonna be goofy and shit, and not hardcore or like realistic. And- I, see, <clears throat> the thing is with the Frankenstein ones, I don't, I don't remember which ones I saw. I know it wasn't Son of Frankenstein because you know that he's somewhat more lively and and it's in color too. But um, the other ones, uh, I don't, I don't know which at what point I saw him, but I, 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 I saw him on screen before, and I heard the music and shit like that. So I had a feeling. Of, of what kind of film it would be. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the whole tale of Frankenstein's always been a little goofy, and uh, and it's always been a little cheesy. So, yeah, I, I, I was curious, but I once again, I wasn't like, I got to see that. But, yeah, I thought um, being as old as they were, like you think like the original movie that did these, they're probably going to be a little cheesy. And over time, you know, people try and work out the kinks. People try and work out the kinks a little too much, and that's how we get like Twilight and shit. But... I mean, uh, yeah, the first initial uh, conceptions aren't always the greatest, but uh, but in these movies, I uh, I disagree, you know? I think they were fucking awesome. <laughs> and I'll get into which ones I didn't like and liked, but overall, dude, I was fucking taken back of how awesome they really were. Yeah, they're not all good, but... They're not all good, but the one, the ones that we watched for, for this little uh, segment we're about to do were... Uh, look, 
still there's still up and downs about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But um, I told you before, like you know how they got that cheesiness and the acting back then and shit like that. Like, don't don't get me wrong, it was all over the place, but um, there was a lot more realness than I expected too. There was a lot yeah. of, uh, good acting. Like it was solid, dude. And I was creeped out. It, it, sorry, I don't mean to hop right into this, but. One thing that I found really effective in the old movies is because they're so old and they got that creepy feel to them because they're old and it's not like the way movies are filmed today in a sense or in a lot of senses really. That accompanied with the fact that like that they're trying to go for scary. I don't know if certain scenes were meant to be scary or not back then. I would assume not, but they even came off creepy. Like even from somebody walking across the room or something, I thought it was just that like the way it was done and the way it was shot was just eerie to me. So that for me worked uh, just on that level alone. And then you put in the, the, the intentional horror and everything that came with it. It was fucking awesome, dude. And I'll get into all that too. But I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I was surprised by these movies. Very surprised. Yeah. Now, Jamie, you, sorry, fly just went my face. <laughs> when, uh, Jamie, now how into these movies are you? Like, you know, I started with them at Oh, real quick. The way I started, uh, my dad brought me to Suncoast. He was fascinated that they sold. Um, he, we walked up, and the first thing he saw, I guess it was a big promotion. I don't know. But they had Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And that was right there. It was a beautiful cover. The new VHS releases around 94. It was like a whole new way to present them. And he's like, wow, they have this? And he brought it home. And the way he talked about it, the passion he had, it just it just drew me in. I was like, well, what is this? And from that day forward, that was like my life in horror and even in comedy. Like, Abbott and Costello are my favorite comedians ever. You know what, Alex? Really? <laughs> it, it always touches me because I tease you a lot about being as deep as a puddle. You know, um, <laughs> and but really, that's only in your views of sex. <laughs> but there is there is a depth to you when it comes to certain things that never fails to touch me. Thanks. And that's a sincere comment. I'm not. Don't start. I mean, and no one needs to be wondering where the punchline was because there oh, wasn't. Oh, when you said one. touch you, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't one. <laughs> Dan, you heard that in the last show. That's what I was going to say. That's the same joke. Uh, but he – but anyway, that's it. I just wanted to – I just wanted to tell you that, you know, because I, I make fun of you a lot for that. And yes, you do. There is more to you than and that. Penises and, and Yes. And, <laughs> and so I just want you to know I recognize that. That's all. Thank you. Oh, I really shit. I do appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. <laughs> And uh, I feel the same way. And I think I think that's what comes through. A lot of people, you know, say, hey, uh, can you help me with this? What do I do? How do I make a show that people want to hear? And I say two things, preparation and passion. That's all you need, the two Ps. I you were going to say preparation and H. Uh, you need that too. Preparation and H. <laughs> but that's like how it started, that whole thing. And then from there, horror was that to me. It, even though I was aware of those new guys, I just didn't like care. I was just fascinated. I was like Dan said, like he sees these things and they seem so being from the thirties. It just seems different. I don't know what it right. is. And the forties, it just seems, 
I guess it, I guess the word fascinating would be it. Yeah. Um, and what, what surreal too in a lot of ways. Yeah, like a lot. Here's the thing that Jamie I know is going to point this out. In Frankenstein and Dracula, one of the most like eerie qualities about both movies are the lack of soundtrack. Right. Yes, it's an awkward lack of a soundtrack because at times there yeah. are there are just long spots of no dialogue, so there's nothing to fill the gaps. And you're <laughs> except for there. except for hissing and popping. Oh, the yeah the. <laughs> and the ambient sounds are just terrible. They, they don't sound realistic in the least. And right, so thuds and shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's and well, and then like animal noises in the background. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. They're um they're sparse. They're unnatural when they are there. And you know, like I love hearing it, the horses walk. It's it like makes, what the fuck. <laughs> it makes the whole movie drag as we're watching in complete silence, except for the the popping and the hissing. As he walks up the stairs for five minutes, and I'm like, <laughs> right. move the fuck on. I mean, do you realize really that if Dracula moved at the pace of a normal person, this movie would be like seventeen minutes long? <laughs> and it's just I we have charged the ship to leave <laughs> tomorrow evening. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I even have in my notes where I said, I guess, when you're immortal, you get there when you get there. Because this guy was in no fucking hurry to do anything. And he just, and we get these, like, these freeze frame moments of him staring at you with the the glowing around his eyes, you know, and it's just several different poses, but it's all the fucking same. Sometimes they reuse the same one. Same one, yeah. It's good. This movie is 71 minutes. I better hurry the fuck up. My name is Dracula. You know, I actually have a... Do you want to start with Dracula? Dracula. Yeah, I mean, yes. the point chronologically, it only makes sense. I am Dracula. A moment ago, I stumbled upon a most amazing phenomenon. Something so incredible, I mistrust my own judgment. Look. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rats, rats, thousands, millions of them. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you today? Tell he, me. He came to me. He opened a thing in his arms. And he made me drink.
Temecula, 1931. After a harrowing ride through the Carpathian Mountains in Eastern Europe, Renfield enters Castle Dracula to finalize the transfer of Carfax Abbey in London to Count Dracula, who is in actuality a vampire. Renfield is drugged by the eerily hypnotic Count and turned into one of his thralls, protecting him during his sea voyage to London. After sucking the blood and turning young Lucy into a vampire, Dracula turns his attention on her friend Mina, daughter of Dr. Seward, who then calls the specialist Dr. Van Helsing to diagnose the sudden deterioration of Mina's health. Van Helsing realizes that Dracula is indeed a vampire, tries to prepare Mina's fiancé, Jonathan Harker, and Dr. Stewart for what is to come, and the measures that will have to be taken to prevent Mina from becoming one of the undead. There were other guys that were going to be Dracula. Uh, the famous man of a thousand faces, Lon Chaney, yeah. who was the Lon Chaney Jr., the Wolfman's father. He's a horror legend. And he was gonna. He was considered for the role, and the problem is he died in August 1930. So that'll the role, be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big problem when you're trying to shoot a movie. Not to play Dracula. Dracula's Dracula. dead. What do we do? <laughs> we wait for him to get up. <laughs> we can only film at night. <laughs> yeah, we'll do weekend at Dracula's. Or, wait a minute, or if you live in the South, <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> because as my grandmother used to say, or, okay, say for instance one time, this is just so funny, I was a, I was a teenager, and I was out somewhere. No, with my you grandma. weren't. You were born 30. Yeah, <laughs> you were born at 30. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I came out slamming liquor and smoking camel streets. But, um, <laughs> Where the party at? <laughs> but um anyway so i'm out with my grandmother and she sees this girl walk by and she's got a hickey on her neck and my grandmother's like ah, look at her walking around looking like some dreckler sucked on her neck <laughs> <laughs> i was so i was on one hand i was incredibly embarrassed but on the other hand i was just it was so funny it was dracula. just dreckler dracula <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's the, the fascinating thing about that entire aspect. It's that, um, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard this, but the the natural features and look of Bela Lugosi is what the world perceives a vampire to look like. Like, right. the, the odd thing is that anybody could have been cast as him. So having him be Dracula and look that way and talk like that. Like, for example, um, Boris Karloff was thought of to be Dracula also. I mean, there were a couple people, but let's just go with Lon Chaney. He would have had normal hair, no widow's peak. He would have talked regular English or maybe an English accent, which is just like everybody else in these movies. So that wouldn't have stuck out. Like there, there's just there's just a million things that come with the look of Bela Lugosi that is, well, you know, I want to suck your blood. I mean, he never said that, but we all think he did for some reason. I don't know why. It's just amazing the association that we take with the guy who was just happened to be cast. And the thing is, 
Lugosi actually played Dracula hundreds of times, even before this movie was made, because he used to play it live. Oh, that's right, that's right, in the play, yeah. right? Yeah, like on Broadway, whatever they did back then, you know. Uh, <laughs> they still do Broadway. <laughs> I don't think it was Broadway, but it was something. I know but, what you're saying. You're saying yes, that... they had Broadway. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it was Dracula on Broadway. You're saying him as the oh, actor was saying. just as important as the character itself today. Like like how, how we see Dracula, yeah. it was just as important Who uh, was Dracula? as the actor. Right, right. Yeah, and, and the, the amazing thing about Lugosi is that when he played Dracula – there was such a deep concentration of the character that there, you know, uh, I've said this when we talked about, um, I compared someone to Dracula saying that there was no, oh, Norman Bates, that there's, there's no separation between character and person. It is like he is completely in tune. There's not like a guy acting like Dracula. That is Dracula when he's on screen. And and the thing is, Lugosi was so passionate about this and the whole, you know, stage thing that he did that they knew they had him over a barrel because he really showed a huge interest in playing Dracula that Universal screwed him over, man. They only paid him $500 a week for seven weeks of shooting, which is even dollars. What the fuck? Dude, that's horrible, even for days during the Depression. Which this was. This is 1931. Depression was, what, 29? No idea. Yeah. So even th- – and, and those standards, that is pitiful. That's pretty fucked up. What, so what, you, what you're saying is they saw that he took an interest in it and exploited it, basically? Too much of an interest. That's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Wow. So uh, – Capitalism even back then, huh? Yeah. And, and, like, one of the most interesting things... You guys are killing me. It's not like this was the Stone Age. <laughs> it wasn't it's even... It might as well be. It might as well be. Look at it. Popping and hissing. No, but... <laughs> like, what, you know, one of the things that everybody says about the Wolfman movie is that they never... There was no full moon ever shown in that entire movie. And if you think about Dracula, there's a couple things that were never shown. There was never any fangs in Dracula. He never had fangs, and there was never any. Um, were, were there bite marks on anyone's neck? I don't even. I don't even know if that even was. Anything. They talked about them, but um, we never saw them. They right. kept. They would hide them. I think. Well, maybe there was at one point because I want to say I remember seeing. No, you know, you know where it was in the Spanish version of Dracula. Ah, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, which, by the way, I prefer. I really do because you have the beautiful score that goes through the entire thing, and the Dracula, the score to Dracula, the like the love theme is amazing. It gets stuck in your head. It's beautiful, and they the, score the Spanish one. The yeah, hmm. but then the what? As far as I recall, I'm pretty sure I remember bringing that up when we discussed it on Devour, right. but I haven't watched it since then, and that was like a year ago. But I assume they. I'm, yeah, I remember that show. Either that or I remember um, – uh, or either that – I just remember that it playing more. Everything and was better. it gets sort of stuck in your head and it's really a beautiful song. And I wish they used it more in this movie because it's so quiet, and which makes right. it really – I mean it's, it's – it is the godfather of, of these classic monssters. Right. And – it's boring as shit. It is. It's, un, it's almost unwatchable, I think. It's sad. 
so iconic. <laughs> Love it for that reason, but well, it's the, horrible. The, the thing that keeps saving this movie is Lugosi. Here, let's. I don't want to. Let's no. let's give people a taste of Lugosi real quick. Here, here's here's a few clips I pulled from Dracula, and like this is how this guy talks. It's actually here's here's the first appearance of Dracula in this movie. I am Dracula. Oh, it's, it's really good to see you. I don't know what happened to the driver and my luggage and... Well, and with all this, I, I thought I was in the wrong place. I bid you welcome. Like, right here, you can already hear the eeriness of just silence. Like, there's no music bailing out how eerie this is. Yeah, it sounds like a show. <laughs> No, that's the people when that's the crickets when we tell Joe. Exactly. You know what was on my nerves? Oh. That's one of your fake animals, James. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, the children. Listen of the to night. them. Shut up. <laughs> children of the night. What music they make? Music. Those animals. <laughs> The spider spinning his web for the unwary you know, if you watch fly. Lugosi read the, the blood, when he's reading the contract after Jonathan has him sign the contract, and he's you know, or, or I guess it's before he signs it, he's reading it. But anyway, he he takes it from him and he does this. Um, ah, it's like a it, it's a really distinct movement as he's kind of it's basically like he's pouring over the page, and. It, then you watch Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Gary Oldman does exactly the same thing. A little bit more exaggerated, mm-hmm. because everything in that film is a little bit more exaggerated, or a lot more. But, the, so, it's clear where he, where he gets his inspiration for that, is it's obvious. He, you know, had watched Lugosi, Lugosi do it, which, um, and then I think created a better character. Of course. Using him as inspiration, but... Here, I'll play a little more. Just think of, like, if a regular guy was delivering these lines, how flat and how not scary. For the unwary fly, the blood is the life, Mr. Renfield. I, uh... Yes. I have chartered a ship to take us to England. We will be leaving tomorrow evening. <laughs> tomorrow. Here's what I like about that. If it was a regular guy like Lon Chaney, he'd be like, I've chartered a ship. We'll be leaving tomorrow evening. Yeah. yeah like, it just wouldn't. Bela Lugosi's like, I've chartered a You know, what's interesting is you take away the visual. You make me not have to watch that. And because it drags when you're watching it. But just now, not having the visual and only listening to his voice, it was very powerful. And I've, I've never attempted to do that before. But it's, it's really powerful when I'm not distracted by the other things. You know, see, when that's I'm weird because I'm, I'm sucked in by the visual. So it's weird that that actually hinders your experience because to me, the combination is perfect. Here's, here's the end of that scene, a little bit more creepiness. This is very old wine. <laughs> so long. I hope you will like it. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Just dead silence. What the fuck? Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Like, that is just... I don't know, man. I think, like, the beginning of this whole movie is almost mm. perfect. Like, even though that stuff is, like, weird and awkward and silent, it's just perfect. Like, and just slow. It's so slow. And it's just bizarre. I mean, the way that he hovers over Jonathan and Jonathan openly looks at him like, what the fuck, dude? And it, it, it they're just very awkward situations. And then there's... The backgrounds glare. It just glares how to how. I mean, ugh. it is glaring to me at this point. Just the how every how the music is missing and how the background looks cheap and how I mean everything is just sticking out to me. But like I said, I mean, you take that away, you take that away, and you give me solely Lugosi's delivery of those lines, and I'm got. My spine was tingling, but in a good way. <laughs> in, only in the only in the way it tingles when I listen to podcasts and things like that that I enjoy. So, um, it's it's I don't know. It was really a lot more powerful, and I do think there were some creepy moments, at least two that uh. I know of <laughs> in this movie. I mean, there's we get that, well one when Dracula sneaks into Lucy's room. Right, and he hovers over her. And he kind of hovers over her. And then there's this weird skip ahead to her being dead. And um, and lots of shit's gone on. And, and that doesn't make any sense at all. It's a really bizarre time skip. It's like he's hovering over her and then, up, oh, she's dead. Um, <laughs> but at that moment when he's creeping in there, I, you know, I found myself drawing in a little bit to myself. You know, like, ooh, you know, just imagining that. And then there's at the end, or toward the end, when uh, Renfield is crawling, he's like, he's crawling along the floor, and it's like coming for him, and it's creepy. Right. Uh, so there are some really good moments, but unfortunately, it, a lot of it just lags. Yeah, this isn't... Well, Dan, what do you think of when you see, because me and Jamie kind of... It's really one of those things where when you grow up with something, it's, it's you know, just like anything of the new stuff that we like, even if it's, if you call from the 80s new or 90s new, but we, we forgive a lot. Now, what do you think when you watch Dracula and you see a spider being pulled up a wall with a string <laughs> and his legs aren't moving? I chalk it all up to 1931 or whatever it is. But um, you know what I also found, too, adding to the creepy scenes? Um, I, I think it's Renfield, the dude, uh, whatever, that's the guy who goes crazy, right? Dwight or, Fry, yeah. Yeah, dude, when he's looking up at one point and he looks fucking insane, dude. He's like, <laughs> that is creepy as fuck, dude. Yeah, when they get off the boat. Yeah, but for me, like, okay. All the cheesiness, dude, and all the fucking, you know, strings you can see and, and all the uh, clearly this was made then or whatever. I forgive it, dude. I, I ain't mad at it. Um, pers yeah. Personal taste, though, that's a whole other discussion because if you ask me, hey, you want to watch this again? I'd probably say, no, I got what I got out of it the first watch and, and I saw exactly what it was. You know, I understand what everybody's talking about and I really did enjoy it. 
But with that said, it's just really not my cup of tea because they're so old and, and, and I, I find it hard to get into movies like that, period, because of what, what you just said, all the flaws and for, for obvious reasons, man. And, and call me a fucking movie snob or whatever, but I think um, we've seen so many movies at this point and we're schooled in, in all of that shit that, that when we see the originals, we take it for exactly that. Okay, these are original. This is what it did good. This is what it did good. Strings and shit like that, and 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 all. What about when like little bugs crawl out of coffins and stuff? Well, <laughs> everything over the top um, acting, it, like everything. Well, I mean, there are things, of course, that are products of the time, and and I am aware of that. That's how I view it as a product of its time. I don't fault it for those things, but I merely point them out when we're talking about them because they do exist. Right. You know, and um, you know, saying, yeah. classic as it is and, and old as it is and having to give it that credit, when you watch it today, the, the set is still cheap. <laughs> so it's, and it still looks cheap. So that's just, that's the only reason I'm pointing it out. However, I don't fault it for that because there are things about it that, you know, that do make it charming something, in some ways. Yeah. Something you know. surprised me. Like, it really throws me for a loop. And I say, wow, these guys really did a lot. Like, um, scenes like uh, when <clears throat> Renfield is in the carriage and he looks out and says, hey, he goes, hey, driver. And it's just a bat flapping up and down. Like, yeah, yeah it's a fake bat. But right. whatever. There were some really good lines. Uh, let me just play another one. This is when uh, – this is, I love this, man. This is like some of the best stuff, and I love to quote this. It's so morbid, but this is great for 1930. To die, to be really dead, that must be glorious. Why, Count Dracula? There are far worse things waiting, man, mm. than death. That's hot. It is. I just wish. I still just wish he was a little bit faster. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that time before it was perfect. That particular delivery was just a little too slow for me. But <clears throat> Mina cracks me up because twice during this movie she does that. Like when she first meets him and he says that and she's like, "Why count Dracula?" And then we're, I don't know. She didn't sound like that, but you know how she's done. <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> And then, <laughs> no. well, then later on, well, then later on, she's like, "Why, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah. Like, is that all you know how to do? Are you going to faint next, and then we're going to have to get some smelling salts, Aunt Pris?" <laughs> exactly. um, but um, great scene, though. There is some really good dialogue here. It's just really stretched out. <laughs> And, and you know what's funny about that? Now think about what we what we've been saying about this. How how stretched out it is. How oh this is dragon. <laughs> it's fucking seventy one minutes or whatever the fuck it is. Like it's. So I know, and it really could have been. I'm telling you, it could have been like seventeen. It just it just. You know. <laughs> Jamie reverses the numbers. If Legosi spoke like a normal guy, <laughs> it, it is funny because we will get to a movie that is far too long. And it, it's like risk cutting long, and it's within these five movies, but I'm not going to say which one. So, <clears throat> well, um, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, there's little what the f moments besides all the cheap and weird stuff. Like uh, the easy one is Renfield getting into a carriage. Dracula's the driver, and he just doesn't recognize the guy's face like 30 minutes later. 
uh, when it's Dracula <laughs> with a cape on. That's just like really weird to me. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right though. Yeah, it's just weird. And it's funny because when in the very beginning when he's like, oh, by the way, this is the first uh, talking horror movie ever, by the way. And the, the girl Oh, no who, shit, huh? Yeah. And that's why there was silence. Um, there was no soundtrack deliberately because obviously all the silent movies had music. And if you're wondering why they didn't hear, it's because um, – Well, because in real life we don't have soundtracks. Well, logically but, re- but really it just – it. Yeah, it does. It just, but it really doesn't work. I mean, I think that music is necessary, or at least some sort of sound. Some sort of sound design is, I think it's one of the most important things about film. So its absence, unless it's intentional and and they pull it off like Batman, then that's awesome. But I just don't think this was successful in pulling that off. And then, of course, Todd Browning went on to do Freaks in 1932, which is dude. Dracula is easily his most his most well known film, but people don't ever know who did it. So whenever you say Todd Browning, the first thing they think of is Freaks. But you know, that same man is responsible for this film, and people never seem to make that connection. I don't always make that connection. The first thing I you, you say Todd Browning to me, the first thing I think of is Freaks. Right. Well, actually, Dracula he he you know he's a raging um, alcoholic. Todd Browning, and he used to, uh, he would just, like, walk off set. Uh, he, if he didn't like scenes, he would just tear them out of the script right there in front of everybody and just say, nah, this lags, this is nothing. He would just throw stuff away. And he, 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 he thought it lagged? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, and, <laughs> real slow. <laughs> he would tear pages out of the script that he thought were redundant, and the reason he was, uh, like, he was going through a really bad alcoholic phase during Dracula is because Lon Chaney died, and they were, like, best friends. So while he was filming this wanting Cheney in there, he was just really unhappy. And and it really, um, when the Spanish Dracula directors came in, they just made everything more lively. And, like, it was like a living movie. And this is like a dead, just, like, without Lugosi, this would be nothing. And um, to to go back to the soundtrack, the reason they did not put um, music in there, I remember now, it's because... um, they didn't think that the audience they, – they thought the audience wouldn't accept hearing music in a scene if there was no explanation for it being there. You know, like as weird as that sounds, like like you guys said, why why is there music playing? We could hear them now. What's the point? And, and that's exactly why because they felt that it, it would be awkward to have music there when there's sound. And you could hear people. Why have music? Isn't that like the weirdest thought? And if this movie was no. made months later – they would have had music because it was only that one year that they stopped. Well, here, check this out. So um, they actually had a guy, Philip Glass, I think his name was. He mm-hmm. went back and scored the movie afterwards, and I have a clip of that. Now, t- to me, man, this is so bad. Like, it's unwatchable with this. It doesn't fit anything. It's out of oh, place. Really? It's way too loud. Now Jamie thinks it's all awkward and silent. Now Jamie, check this out. Listen. Oh no. Listen to the famous first scene. Uh please tell me uh here we go. Here we go. Yes. Listen to the first scene with the music that they this guy put into the movie. Dracula. <laughs> it's really good to see you. 
I don't know what happened to the driver and my luggage and... Well, and with all this, I, I thought I was in the wrong place. I bid you welcome. It's crescendo, asshole. What music they make. <laughs> Is this asshole watching the movie that he's scoring? Because <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think he understood to fucking match up those guns. <laughs> that was, was something actually happening. He's like, boom, children of the night. I'm not even watching that, dude, and I know exactly what part that is, and nothing was happening. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's huh. walking up the stairs at the speed of a 90-year-old lady who's about <laughs> Just, to hit her, uh, uh, what's that called? I can't get up button. See, that's, ex- <laughs> I can't get up button. That's exactly what I was, medic alert, I think. That's exactly alert. what I was talking about. The, the scene that I was talking about, we're watching him painfully, slowly walk up these yeah. stairs with complete silence, although I can't imagine that score would have made it any better at all. So no, it does not. I guess we are better off without it. But yes. I just I wish there was just something, just because it's so. Well, I wish it it's like guy watching the it. cut scenes from the original Resident Evil. <laughs> like when you're when you go to walk upstairs, and then you'd have to actually watch your like kaching 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 walking upstairs. Okay, not that quickly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, good. Yeah, I remember that shit. It used to drive me crazy. But it took forever. Yeah. Yep. I want to play one last scene just to show everybody how great uh, uh, Dracula was um, himself, not the movie. Um, but before I do, before I end it off with that, let's. Uh, how do you guys rate this? And do not um, feel that you have to rate it appropriately to when it was made or anything because this is not about that we're not film historians uh, your person like dan said he's never going to watch it again so clearly uh even if he liked it he might not watch it again so it's whatever so uh jamie how do you rate this movie from one to five straight up three you like it all right i like it and and i you know i like it but that's it that's it <laughs> dan same thing, yeah. It's like between a two point five and a three because I I did like it, I appreciate it, but all, that three comes from you know the appreciation of what everything is, and it's a true appreciation. It's not me just saying, oh, I have to rate this. Nah, it's it's a decent little flick that's got some sketchy little moments in it. Like I said, some. I mean, maybe... but I'm but we're gonna be honest here. You know, we're not gonna suck its dick just because it's the first one. You know, it's right. Yeah, we don't suck Call the dick of the around here. No, Call that's a what boring I'm movie a boring movie, and, and and sadly, this movie is boring. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but the thing is, though, um, I, I take into account all the creepy moments, um, and intentional and not even. And I'm not even judging the movie. I'm just judging how I got entertained by it. So some of those things that weren't even intentional, I thought were creepy. So I, I liked it. I, I barely liked it. Like like I said, I'm not going to fucking watch this movie again. It's just not going to happen. But was it Lugosi? That, you have to admit, wasn't he the thing that sold, sold this movie? Fuck yeah, that's all right. it was. Left, right, and center, yeah. That's, that's what the movie is. And I, I liked your point about 
how he was responsible for developing that character and what he is today and how everybody sees him today um, and, and how the actor is just as responsible as the character itself when it was created, brought from, you know, a, a literary place to a uh, on screen yeah. on screen thing it's, so yeah so that was that was a very good point and uh yeah that that was the whole movie though you're absolutely right yeah. that that three that i gave it all three stars go to him that's yeah. all it is. yeah definitely yeah exactly i say the same it's perfect great point all three stars go to him and oh. um and i'll tell you what it's it's passion it's love it's dedication it's uh it's he only played dracula two times this one and and then again uh, 17 years later, and we'll get into that at the end of October. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, and Dan, don't feel any pressure about how you rate movies. I mean, essentially, we're just talking to ourselves. Nobody really listens to the show. So, Did I imply that I felt pressure? Yes, you said, <laughs> I have to give an answer that is totally legit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm not sweating it, Doug. I, I honestly, okay, my honest opinion, yeah, you're right. It was fucking boring. But it was creepy at some <laughs> point. You got you got to give credit where credit's due, but yeah, it's whatever, dude. Like I said, I ain't going to watch this bitch again. It was good. It was fun. I had an enjoyable experience. I took it for exactly what it was. Yeah, and I love it. I love it for for what it did. I love it for what it was. But as far as watchability goes, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I I am grateful for what it is because Without that, who knows what yeah. would have happened? And right. you know, what, I, what would it, what would a Dracula be to us today? Would it be whoever else was cast? Like, would we when you he see cartoons of Dracula, he wouldn't have the widow's peak. He wouldn't have the da 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 da. What would he be? A regular fucking guy? The Count from Sesame Street wouldn't exist. Yeah. You know that I am called the Count. Because I really love to f- Sometimes I sit and f- all day <laughs> But uh, sometimes I get carried away I f- slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster Once I start in f- it's very hard to stop hey, Faster, faster It is so exciting I could f*** forever f- Until I drop uh, One, two, three, four One, two, three, four One, two, three, four One, two, I love f***ing Whatever the amount <laughs> One, two, three, four Hey, 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 hey One, two, three, four One, two, that's the song of the count I f*** the spiders on the wall I c*** the cobwebs in the hall <laughs> I c*** the candles on the shelf <sighs> When I'm alone I c*** myself I, I c*** slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster we are indebted to this. Well, it's the same thing with Frankenstein's monster. Oh, well, we'll get into that in about five minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know Count Chocula. Count, yeah, where would, yeah, what would we eat for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> what would we eat? Yeah. And one ending, uh, ending note, there was already gay 
subtext in the first horror movie ever made in with uh, words or non-silent, I guess you can say. Talkie. Talkie. Yeah, talkie. That's what we used to call him back then. <laughs> the studio <laughs> didn't want Dracula. Remember when he attacks Renfield when they're walking down the stairs? Renfield. Renfield. Rats. Thousands. Millions of rats. Rats. He didn't want him <laughs> to do that due to the uh, perceived gay subtext of the situation. And, uh, you know, the, well, there was a memo sent saying that director only wants Dracula to attack women because uh, biting oh. a guy's neck is kind of gay. So they just didn't want that. So um, let's uh, get out of Dracula with a cool scene from it. Peace out, Drac. This is more, this is like probably the best scene in the movie besides the opener. Dracula is in the house. In the house. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's uh, the classic character Van Helsing. He's in this. This time he can do no harm. We are ready for him. Martin, come with me. I'll show you where we can put Mr. Enfield where he won't escape again. Maybe you're right, but I have me dabs. Come along, old fly eater. Now, you mustn't get out of it this time. I'm awfully sorry to have to lock you that, but you've got this back in your movie. Van Helsing. Now that you have learned what you have learned, it would be well for you to return to your own country. I This guy's telling him to go back to his own country. Prefer <laughs> to remain where you came from. and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through her veins. She will live through the centuries to come. As I have lived. Man, I tell you what, he he is larger than life, man, in this in these types of scenes. Should you escape a Stracula, we know how to save Miss Mina's soul, if not her life. If she dies by day. But I shall see that she dies by night. And I will have Carfax Abbey torn down stone by stone, excavated a mile around. I will find yeah. your earth box. And drive that stake through your heart. Bitch. Come here. Come here. I want to. I want to change your mind about this. That stake thing sounds like the end of my well, life. I'm going to call all my homies then. <laughs> You're very powerful. My dad's going to kick your dad's ass. <laughs> I'm trying to forward this thing. Do they talk again? Probably. Clicking over. Ten minutes to do it. Hello, hello. I keep forwarding. Than wolf oh, here we go. <laughs> more effective. More. <laughs> don't talk. More. Wolfbane. More effective than Wolfbane count. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> that was pretty corny. Cool. He was like, <sighs> and he ran away. That's Dracula. I give it a three also, so it's three threes. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> And we'll be three, right back three. after this with <laughs> Frankenstein. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! <laughs> When this 
dead hand moves, the monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. <laughs> to shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. Elizabeth! to prey upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about, the spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Don't touch that! We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. All right, now we're into Frankenstein, 1931, the first uh, Frankenstein movie ever made. Director James Whale, and it is starring Colin Clive as Dr. Frankenstein, Mae Clark as Elizabeth, his future wife, um, Boris Karloff as the monster, which only gets a question mark in the credit, Edward Van Sloan, who you uh, know from Dracula, he played Van Helsing, and Dwight Fry played... Renfield in Dracula, and now he's here as Fritz, and uh, he's on he's unrecognizable. Van Sloan looks exactly the same. So, it's Frankenstein. Uh, <clears throat> there's so many things right to start off with who played Frankenstein. Um, John Carradine, who went on to play Dracula in House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein, he claims that he turned down the part of the monster because uh, he felt he was too much of a highly trained actor to be reduced to playing monsters. Mm. And um, so he did not do it. And the old rumor is that Bela Lugosi, Dracula himself, who played Dracula in the first one, and Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein, he <laughs> turned down the role also. That would have been silly. Right. I don't believe that for a second. Belagosi will do anything you give him. He has proven that a million times over. And why would he do Dracula and then turn down a big studio movie like Frankenstein? It makes zero sense. He would have done anything they asked him to do. You know, modern horror fans will recognize John Carradine as the old man in The Howling. And also, if you are a fan of Jacko, which is one of my personal favorites really bad but i love it Um, (laughs) jacko yes um he has a very very tiny 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 bit part in that movie but um that was way later in his career obviously right yeah yeah john carradine has an amazing presence and voice and resume it sounds too jesus (laughs) oh my god he was in uh we'll get into all of it but it doesn't matter because he wasn't in this movie but (laughs) No, <laughs> Boris Karloff was uh, considered a late bloomer in Hollywood because much like uh, Bud Abbott of Abbott and Costello, not that they were the same exact age, but they were both, they became very famous at a very old age considering. 
Uh, he was 44 years old when he got this role. So, and he wasn't really anything until then. He was so, he, they thought so little of him, even after the movie was released, that he wasn't even invited to the, to the screening, Boris Karloff. And wow. by the time he does Bride of Frankenstein, his name is just Karloff. That's how big he became in those four years, just from this role alone. So that just explains to you the magnitude of this movie, even then. Yeah. Um, Karloff, you know, a lot of things went into the look of the monster. Supposedly, they worked for like two months to, to I, I don't even understand how it's possible. It doesn't look that involved, but they spent two months crafting the look of Frankenstein's monster. Um, Karloff, in this movie, this is true though, he removed his bridge work in his mouth and sucked so he could suck in his cheeks so the monster would look more gaunt and scary and then added, you know, makeup was added to that to, you know, uh, exaggerate the effect. And, uh, well, and sometimes there, it looks really creepy. I mean, there are times, like when he has those, his eyes are half open and he's doing that sort of lazy, nothing going on behind there stare. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's scary for someone to just, you know, gape at you. It's, it's riveting. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's the scariest thing in the world, that that gigantic thing. And I love <laughs> how with the look of Frankenstein, uh, they even put him in that suit jacket type thing, sports jacket, and they made the arms about half the size of a normal person's arms so that it would appear longer. And it would look like his arms were longer because he was supposed to be put together by parts of people rather than just be a regular guy. So the arms wouldn't exactly be the right size. Like, they put a lot of thought. And even those half-closed eyes, they did that on purpose, mm-hmm. of course. And you see that when they pull the eyelid away in Son of Frankenstein. It's, you know, clearly just makeup. Um, in in the original uh, novel, that there was no specific description of what the monster looked like. And Jack Pierce came up with all the innovations, the flat head, the bolts in the neck, the droopy eyelids, the the, the suit that I just said, you know, like, and, and it's funny because just like Dracula, all the future Frankenstein cartoons and everything else, they would all look like this. Like, the movies did not, though. Well, and at the time, there's that story that I tell all the time about the director being, about James Whale being called in the middle of the night by the guy who's like, if I can't sleep, you can't sleep. Because the guy's wife was terrified. And really? so it's it's so weird to imagine, yes, it's so weird to imagine anyone being kept awake by this movie, by today's standards. But back then it was really effective, apparently. Oh, I think it's effective. Like, I, Well, I said yeah. there were still creepy times, like the eyes, but it's not going to keep me from going to sleep. Well, and in 1930, when nothing else ever was going on, it might, you know? Like, what else have we seen? Interestingly, as a kid, this was that was always the image my head would go to whenever I would see a shadow on the wall. I remember lying in bed, and if some weird shadow, for some reason, it always formed Frankenstein's monster. To me, that was the wow. scariest thing I knew, I guess, at the time. You know, so as a kid, it definitely worked. It was a big, grandiose entrance, or whatever you want to call it. First, you hear the footsteps. Then, then you they get up and they look at the door. Then the door opens and he's backward, so it's still not enough. So there's more tension, more buildup. Then he turns around, 
and it just has this blank stare. Then the camera comes, it just cuts to a closer image, then it cuts to another closer image. Mm. What were you thinking when you saw that? That was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, yeah, it was creepy. I liked, um, now who, now Boris Karloff played him, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought he did an incredible job with it. And it's definitely, we've talked about this with, you know, um, uh, non-speaking parts like Michael Myers and, you know, all all those fucking, you know, all those people besides Freddy, basically. And how much more you have to convey with, with you, know, you know, everything else other than, you know, your your main thing, which is talking or whatever. So I thought, yeah, I thought that all worked. I thought that was effective. And I thought um, I thought he did a great fucking job. Now, you go back. Can I go back to the uh, how you were saying the look of him and all that? Now. I found out something. Um, you know how I had that Norman Bates story from my grandmother? She She's kind of like my go-to now. She was <laughs> telling me this other story of how when she was a kid, right, they used to go to the movies and stuff like that, and they would dress the actors, in this case, Bor- Boris Karloff. Right. Dressed them up in the Frankenstein suit, Frankenstein yeah. monster suit, excuse me. And um and they would to the T too. She said she remembered it and it looked exactly like the movie. And they would parade him around and you know fucking chase after all the kids. And you know she was a little kid at that point. So there was a lot that went into the production of just marketing the film. Not marketing, but um going around while the movie played and shit like that. Oh, I yeah. had no idea that that went on. You see that you know like with oh my god, look into William Castle. There is no man has ever been created that could market a film like William Castle. Oh yeah, and that mysterious so cool. dude. Check it out, The Tangler. Yeah. Um, he, I'm talking like he would wire the seats and shock people at, awesome. at at specific times during the movie. He would have yeah. ambulances and nurses on staff. He would make you sign your death certificate when you went inside. <laughs> I mean, it was it was. He had he had things like all these different ovisions, you know, like it's now this one is filmed in you know, I'm drawing a blank right now, but anyway, right. <laughs> in like smellovision, but right. um, and this was I mean he was a uh, well he was like a ringleader, you know, right. and it was incredible. I wish that people got behind their shit now the way they did back then of course it would have to be you couldn't do it on such an intimate level yeah but and i guess that's really that's really why you can't but it's a shame because it was that was just as much part of the event as going to the movie itself yeah and it wasn't an actor play it was the actor Play, like that it was on screen play, like and that dude come on can you imagine if fucking Robert Englund showed up in fucking full gear and, oh my god come on dude that place would fucking erupt yeah like any asshole in Michael Myers costume you just go yeah, right. and you would smirk and just roll your eyes but yeah. like having like Nick Castle uh, do it it would be like wow mm. and they would like, always chase you out with a chainsaw because no matter who you are you're always no matter who what villain you are you always have a chainsaw at, mm. at the end you know what I'm saying well, any Jason character, uh, what, what, was it Bloody Murder that they did that or something? What was that called? Oh, my God, dude, that horrible, atrocious thing <laughs> that they try and pass as a movie. Uh, I saw that. Dude, is that what it's called? Bloody Murder? I, something. I think so. Some, dude, That's what's coming to my mind. I know yeah. which one you're talking about, and I was so excited. I was like, ah, you know, this is probably not one of the <laughs> best horror movies. That was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. That may be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. We should review that awesome. sometime. 
<laughs> Let's put it up against Dracula. That was like sleepaway camp, but on crack or meth or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. I'm a little jaded or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's jaded or like, what do you call this? When you've seen something enough times that the filler scenes are just that to you and you literally just start skipping them. Familiar. But the things, uh-huh. like, I think, like what Jamie said, familiar. Like, I just don't care about Frankenstein's dad whistling every time he talks. Like, yes, he said, come, come to my place. Frankenstein's crazy. <laughs> Did you two notice that he does that? Yeah, it's an old people thing. You're so old, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so I, hate old. To, I hate to sound like this, but whatever. <laughs> riveting scenes the first oh by the way a little like inside of my terrible life this was um the first horror monster movie i think i don't know if i bought this or dracula first probably this frankenstein seemed more appealing even though i love dracula but i bought this tape when it was that universal thing that we played that commercial i played in the beginning of the show um and uh it was out of sync when they were hitting when they in the very opening of the movie when they were digging up or burying the guy and and then the guy patted the dirt down. It was like you see him hitting. It was like a second delay. That drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> it was on tape. Drives too. me crazy. Yeah, but that's that's the first tape I owned. I don't know if everybody. So the reason I'm saying this is because I want to know if everyone's tape was like that or if it was just mine. <laughs> so if anybody has that tape, please let me know. Could be. Uh, yeah, you know, I talked about that commercial before. Let me just play it again real quick. Uh, this was the commercial that was in the beginning of every single Universal monster. But they actually updated it as they released more. They said, and these new releases, and they started saying more. But here was the original tape of what you heard if you were um, experiencing these back in the early, early, early 90s. Here's the commercial. In the beginning of the VHS tape, they would just run this. I bid you welcome. MCA Universal Home Video announces the Universal Monsters Classic Collection. These are the titles monster fans have been waiting to sink their teeth into. Now at the spooktacular price of just fourteen ninety-five each. And <laughs> I know where I stole that line. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Suggested retail: Frankenstein, Dracula. The Wolfman, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Phantom of the Opera, The Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Dracula. and ask for the Universal Monsters Classic Collection. Classic monster titles with a haunting new look and a price to die for. Like, that was classic shit. Classic monster titles. (laughs) Jamie, did you have those tapes? Like, did you see that commercial every time you bought one of these? (laughs) No? Am I the only one who bought one of these? I watched it on Reel to Reel. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Was I the only one who thought a screen? Actually, no. I am. Alive? I am actually. I am familiar with those. I am just teasing. I really am. 
I am. No, I am. That's well. Where the fuck? I grew you up. Remember that? I, yes, I grew up in. The, I still have them. <laughs> Not all of them. I didn't have all of them, but I got them somewhere, man. The picture quality is total shit in this. I mean, I heard there's a Blu-ray. I heard it looks really good. The picture quality is shit, even on the DVD. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and and one amazing thing. We're, before we pass that opening scene, I talked about when. Frankenstein and Fritz are digging up the body that they're going to steal that they just buried. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that when Frankenstein scooped up dirt and flung it behind him, what it hit? What? Basically like a Grim Reaper, like a skeleton with a cloak on. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well, that was basically a symbolic thing. Frankenstein is throwing dirt in the face of death. Yeah, right? That motherfucker. That's what that meant. Right, spit in the face of death. I don't respect it at all. I'm going to make my own human being. Fuck God, fuck everything. Right, right, exactly. And we're going to talk about the God thing later. <laughs> and and the thing is, Pretorius in Bride of Frankenstein did the same thing when he was sitting in the... I don't know what that was. They crawl underneath the earth, and there's something under there. I don't know. i never seen anything like that, but <laughs> they're all hanging out there in Bride of Frankenstein, and he's uh, drinking, and he's smoking, and he blows smoke in the face of death. Now, Pretorius, that was another gay thing, right? Like, he was an openly gay actor, and... I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was. I think they they they, they, they kind of hinted it when he was smuggling b the bones up his ass. That'll <laughs> give it away it. every time. <laughs> it always gives it away when he put the dead bones up his ass. Like I didn't know he was gay until he was rotating. You, personally, you may have snuck those bones by us, but you didn't sneak your sexual preference by us. Yeah, clearly. I don't know why he didn't have. Have Brett, the Frankenstein make another guy for Frankenstein? I actually wonder why they went with the bride. Yeah, right. <laughs> because the intent was to procreate. What do you mean, bride? What's wrong with another guy hanging out with him? Wait, wasn't it? Or am I thinking? Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking flesh for Frankenstein. I just watched that for Devour. Yikes! <laughs> totally different movie. Um. <laughs> now, Dan. Yes. Seeing this for the first time, you you gotta admit, man, Doctor Frankenstein is a genius. Tell me that didn't pull you in. His acting, dude, the dialogue when he's when they're banging on the door and he's like, "Go away, go away, Henry, it's me. Give us shelter." And he's like, "I must be left alone." And then, "Come on," and then he, then he gives that whole speech, man. Check it out. Tell me this don't bring you back, dude. This is. This is like the build-up right before he builds the monster. Okay. Dr. Valman, I learned a great deal from you at the university about the violet ray, the ultraviolet ray, which you said was the highest color in the spectrum. You were wrong. Here in this machinery, I have gone beyond that. I have discovered the great ray that first brought life into the world. Oh, and your proof? Tonight you shall have your proof. At first I experimented only with dead animals, and then a human heart which I kept beating for three weeks. <laughs> but now I am going to turn that ray on that body and endow it with life. And you really believe that you can bring life to the dead? That body is not dead. It has never lived. 
I created it. I made it with my own hands from the bodies I took from graves, from the gallows, anywhere. He believes that when Dr. Uh, Feelgood? Whatever the hell he, whatever he just called him. Dr. Veldman or something. He believes that when that guy said you believe you could bring life to the dead, he is under some delusion that if he cuts dead people up yeah. and sews them together, that that somehow is any more feasible or it doesn't count as bringing life to dead things because he did that and it has never lived i created it with my own hands so you created every cell every blood drop every bone uh, fragment like it makes no sense yeah no i agree it's stupid is what it is he thinks that taking a part isn't the equivalent of the whole therefore it doesn't have like a soul or whatever or or anything therefore it can't be living or dead so parts of it you know that 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 can fly you fucking nutcase (laughs) it'll be fine because it's not it wasn't a full person i cut off parts i didn't want and changed them around i played mr potato head with them science yeah science wasn't that advanced either at that point so maybe something like that people were just like huh okay (laughs) <laughs> like, like, and clearly it's science fiction but maybe that was somewhat feasible at that point in the game I don't know I'm just not buying the argument I, know, I agree I, I'm with you <laughs> I'm with you I'm not I'm not the other side of the coin here I'm telling you <laughs> can, you, can you imagine it's... if Dr. Velma's was like oh so oh okay I thought he was just a right I thought you didn't cut him up and sew him back okay okay <laughs> well then I guess this will work like uh, I don't know so now you said about God you said, you know, throwing dirt in the face of death, and you said, God, blah, blah. Now, Jamie, don't you get the chills? Because I know you love this stuff. When when he was like, it's alive, it's alive. All right. Now I know what it feels like to be God. Oh, Henry. Like all that. When he said, now I know what it feels like to be God. That is, uh, that's powerful shit, man. And that was actually cut. From the movie, and they only added it years later during the restoration. But that was cut because people thought that was blasphemy. Like, what do you think about that kind of stuff? It's okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I, I knew you appreciate. No, that. Uh, it's it's fantastic because at that he is so contagious. You know, you can't really help but be wound up with him. I mean, his hair's all crazy. He's all excited, I mean, like all crazy, but I mean, it's, you know, he, he's, it's, he's losing control. You can kind of see, um, there's a wildness to him. Um, it's infectious. Well, and well, another God reference or a Jesus reference. How about when the townspeople fucking string him up? Oh, that's in the next one. The yeah, but I know. I'm sign. just saying, though. You know what I mean? It's like it goes hand in hand. You, you're right. You're absolutely right. Sorry. I but it. supposedly they say when that scene happens, they say that that was not. And here's what I don't believe, man. There's a lot of religious overtone in, in Bride of Frankenstein. Even when that old guy, the blind guy, uh-huh. when they're laying in bed, there's a Jesus cross right behind them. Uh-huh. And when they fade out of that scene, that cross gets illuminated at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, and it. James Whale was really against that. He didn't like it, but he left it in there. Hmm. So, but at the whole time they're doing it, he's not buying it. There's a whole thing with Bride of Frankenstein. But yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, definitely, you're right. Huh. Yeah, I, I just definitely. thought of that when 
talk about God. Yeah. 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 Now, what do you, Jamie? What do you think about the, the the directing choices of James Whale? Like when Fritz is leaving the door of the laboratory and he pans through the wall like it's a set piece, and he's in, and then you see Fritz come out of the you know door and go down the stairs and stuff like that. What do you think about things like that? Does that take you out of it? Um, I don't know that it takes me out of it. I'm definitely aware of it, and I mean that's the kind of thing I pay attention to. I think there's some interesting choices. Some of them, though, are really effective. So, like in, um, well, there are actually several things that I want to talk about in Bride because they're so good. Um, <laughs> but I guess it wasn't really, a, it, I wouldn't count it as a choice. But sometimes his use of shadow over is overkill. Oh, that's um, in Bride. I mean, like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's bad in Bride. I mean, not bad, but man, it goes way too far during yeah. like when they're uh, creating her. Wow, like it's just too much for me in that movie. It's it's that's the whole movie. The whole movie is. And there's a lot to say, uh, really, about Bride, but um, and its whole design, but and it is very much a product of its time. I don't know. I mean, I guess I just say that I. I'd say that they're interesting choices then because, like, all the stuff I really want to talk about happens in Bride. So. <laughs> yeah? Well, what about this? Like, even character things. Like, like you know, everybody thinks Igor is Dr. Frankenstein's assistant. Isn't that strange? And his name is Fritz. Like, how weird is that? That's what I was confused at, dude. When I fucking went into this movie, I was like, where's Igor? I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I always thought that, that he was his fucking right-hand man. And so what, son of that uh, Igor, right? Yes, yeah, Igor c- pops up in son of Frankenstein, but he's not ex- he's not even an assistant. He's like a retard. That's like <laughs> retard. He's literally just looking at everything in this dumb, moronic, confused look. Huh? Like, eh, I hurting him. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, that's testing his blood type. Okay, uh, what are you doing? Oh, you're X-raying him. I, I don't get it. I'm a retard. I'm clearly the assistant. Uh, yeah. It's a retard, yeah. But, uh, th- like, Fritz, man. Abby just... normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Abby. Fritz um, was tormenting Frankenstein's monster. I mean, right off the bat, as soon as we meet Frankenstein and he looks up and he sees the light and he's like, huh, 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 and he puts his hands out like, what? Like, what is that thing he does when he puts his hands out like, he... He's asking or he wants something. He's just putting... You know what I mean, right? Where his palms are up? Yeah. Yeah, like a kid. Right. They repeat that in all three movies, by the way. And it only feels forced in the last one Mm. uh, of the trilogy. Well, because at that point, I mean, he can talk. You know, he's saying things like... Well, hell, in Bride, he's saying things like... I don't know, give me some wine. That shit's good. You know? You're a drink. Good. Smoke. Good. Fire. Pussy. Man. Pussy's good. Condoms are bad. <laughs> but when Fritz died, did you even care at that point? Like, leave the goddamn monster alone, dude. Like, I just didn't care. And of course, the big scene of this movie is when this is like the turning point. Frankenstein throws Maria in the water. <laughs> um, and. You know, that's powerful. That was also cut from the movie, by the way. 
No, he just wanted to see if she could swim like uh, like Friday eight. <laughs> he ran out of flowers, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see what's wrong with throwing a little child in the water when you run out of flowers. Exactly. At least he didn't pop her head off. I don't like think it necessarily has to start with flowers. I just right. randomly go throw children in the water. There's nothing yeah, wrong well, with that. Why, why the buildup? And, and here's the thing. Here's what I don't get about this movie. Maybe you guys could explain. This dad, Hans, walks through the streets with his daughter's dead body just dangling there. Um, why was he so insistent on the idea that she was murdered? Like, she, he's like, what's happened? She drowned. So why are you bringing her to me? She was murdered. Well... Dude, you live next to a goddamn lake, um, and your daughter drowned. There's no signs of any bruises or anything, and mm. she's just drowned. Why are you so sure that we should go running around with torches and pitchforks? I don't get it. Am I missing something? Nope. That's why you got silence on this end. I got nothing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're fucking right. Nah, yeah. How did he come to that conclusion? I'm think- I don't know. Automatically, I'm like, oh, well, we probably missed something, but I don't think we did. No, did you see him do it? Because I don't know why you would think that. Uh, she drowned. Yeah. Oh, well, I told her not to go in there. Well, she didn't listen. Kids don't listen, asshole. Right. So, whatever. Like you said, no uh, bruises or whatever. <laughs> if she was in the water and she was all fucked up or something, it's like, oh, Clearly, you know, she got fucked up before and fell in the water. But, yeah, you're right. No bruises, no nothing. Yeah, if you had to get the skimmer to get her head out of some other area and her body was somewhere. Yeah, I understand. She was murdered. Yeah, you know. No, didn't happen. Did they know about the creature at this time? I can't. No. Okay, yeah, so it's not like they were trying to, like he was trying to pin it on him. Right. Um, yeah, I got nothing. I, hmm, I don't know. Here's the thing that Dan says, like in the 30s and stuff, everything's eerie and creepy. Like even the normal people are creepy. Like how come every time they walk past houses and people are looking out the windows, like 15 people in every house? Like what were people doing back then besides fucking? <laughs> yeah, right. They're trying to get as much production value out of, out of the fucking sets as possible. I don't know. <laughs> it's at 40 kids in our house. Like. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? Those set, those sets, those background sets still. Look, oh, dude. dude, they still looked better though than fucking Wrong Turn Fives. <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> wrong Turn Fives. I like cardboard cutouts. I like the windmill. <laughs> no, Jamie, let's I go back really a little bit. Do you? What? But do you like? <laughs> the sky with ripples in it? Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. Holy shit, can you get two assholes to pull the corners, bro? Like, you're filming a scene. This You have put thousands of, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this movie. You couldn't get two jerk-offs who make no money otherwise to pull a fucking corner? Straighten the sky out? <laughs> is, is that so hard? <laughs> Like, I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but come on. I love how Alex goes from one extreme to the other. Like, on one show, he's like, keep dreaming, reach for the sky. Can't you find two assholes to fucking stretch the sky out? You spent $40 billion on this movie. Straight in the goddamn corner. Really? <laughs> Just keep your head up and keep I don't care if you spend sky. 17 cents on a movie. If it's something you can fix, then you fix it. Right. Exactly. You know, if it's fixable, then fucking fix it. 
like, hey guys, uh, you want to pull this fucking sky back? Yeah, we can see the wrinkles. Like, Tad, I'm going to say something now. This isn't, well, yeah, it's to defend it, but uh, call me out on it if it's bullshit. But back then, I don't know if film was exactly um, in surplus. So I'm guessing that if they had like one shot at it, they were just like, all right, guys, that's the best we got. Uh, maybe yeah, we can get a take two. Yeah, but I think that's the two. kind of thing you see before you start cranking. Right. You know, I, I mean, right. like you, before you start cranking the record, you look around first and go, hey, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that before I start cranking. <laughs> that ain't right. I like it. Um, take a look th- around and say, I like what I see. Start cranking. That is so wrong. <laughs> Let's unzip these pants. Uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, and you and all the sounds, like when Frankenstein stomps around and shit, you can hear they're on a sound stage. They're not on, like, an open air hill or a mountain. Like, it's a sound stage. <laughs> and, you know, things like that people find charming. And I hate when people say charming. I, 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 I don't get that. that. No, everybody says that though, but I don't get the word charming. I what does that even get it? Okay, what does that mean? What's charming about cheap shit? Well, mm, no. Charming is like a really cheap. Charming is a place where the sons of anarchy live. Ex- <laughs> exactly. That's charming to me, man. Yeah, man. And by the way, I'm done with season five. Oh, you all caught up, son? Yeah, all buddy. All caught up. All I got to watch is two episodes, That's man. okay. That's okay. I cannot believe that this dude bit his tongue off. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking dude, Otto. Dude, Otto. <laughs> what a nut. Otto Delaney is the most sadistic fucking self-abuser. He, he's the uh, Super Bowl of self-abuse. Okay. <laughs> and so is... Uh... Uh, Axel. <laughs> that was on Sci-Fi the other day. Did you guys see? They had uh, I saw three and four. Oh god! How can you watch this shit over and over again? Wow. I am so done with Friday Thirteenth. Oh please, you'll never be done with that song, dude. I, I that's my new Halloween, man. I think it's <laughs> gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be a one-time summer deal for me. I am so finished. <laughs> I have watched these movies ad nauseum. I'm done. So, uh, he, so yeah, uh, here, here, here's the thing with Frankenstein. At this point, and uh, I've watched this movie 20, I'm going to say 20 times. Jesus. I don't want to say, you really can't picture that, Dan? No. Wow. That's shocking to me because this is way better than Dracula. If you said Psycho 3, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. But <laughs> Yeah, right. Not this. No, really, dude. You can't picture watching this twenty times. I see you are pretty crazy, so I can't picture it. Yes, good. Yeah. No, you. You can't picture <laughs> me. No, fuck no, dude. Uh, no. What? No. No. Come on. What? Out of here with your fucking thirty, forty movies. Really? No. Just not my fucking style, yo. I like it. I appreciate it. It's one and done for me. It was basically like, like I said, I say, and this is consistent through all these movies that I've seen so far. It's exactly what I got out of it, which is I think I saw pretty much everything. I saw some of the subtext, if not all. So, yeah, I pretty much soaked everything up. Um, You know, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Jesus Christ. 
Well, anyway, I, I've seen this 20 times, and I'm at the point where I'm just skipping filler shit. So, I, like I said in the beginning, I don't li- I don't watch those dad scenes. I don't watch the scenes where the dude who's obsessed with Frankenstein's fiance, he wants to bang her so hard. I don't watch his shit no more. I just forward all that. I just get to the monster and Frankenstein, and I'm good. Um, if you actually just forward to those parts... Uh, I'd give this movie an A plus, man. Every single scene is great. It's gripping. It's interesting. Anything with the doctor is great. Anything uh, with the monsters great. And uh, that's it. I mean, I mean, personally, I love his obsession. I think that I think that Victor's just pure, unadulterated obsession with this pursuit is pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Well. You'd bang them, but it's not going to help me watch it. You know? <laughs> I just get bored. <laughs> but as we wind down, I just want to say, as, as uh, a lot of things were changed in Mary Shelley's script, uh, Frankenstein was supposed to take Elizabeth on their wedding night, and uh, I think the quote was, if you don't give me a wedding night, I'll be there on yours. And he takes Elizabeth, and he kills her. Uh, which makes Frankenstein bring her back to life. Uh, I, I don't know. And then I think his plan was to kill Frankenstein and then take the remade wife. I don't know. I don't know why she has to be dead. And like, I think that's stupid itself. Like, she has to be dead and brought back to life in order to be my girlfriend. Like, why can't Frankenstein just bang a normal chick? You know, like, I don't understand why she has to be reborn. Like, clearly in Bride of Frankenstein, it didn't help her uh, be attracted to people in similar uh, circumstance. Yeah, she's yeah that's shook. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why? What's this obsession or need for a dead person to date him rather than a live one? I don't. I mean, there's somebody for everybody. So. Yeah. Uh, and what I think was really fascinating, some more subtext, like I said, uh, with uh, the other, uh, with throwing the f- dirt in the face of death. Uh, one more is when uh, the village people, when they were in the windmill, and he, he points up. He goes, "Look, the monster." And they look up, and it's both Frankenstein and Dr. Frankenstein. To me, that that tells you everything. Like, which one is he talking about? I didn't know the village people were around back then. Oh, yeah, they were singing YMCA while they were burning the place down. Sweet. I missed that. Fuck, I gotta watch it again. You're right. You have to watch. See, I told you at least <laughs> two times instead of 20. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, the reason, by the way, the reason they went to that windmill in the end is because what you don't know is that that whole movie was supposed to be based on that windmill. That was where everything was supposed to go down, even the building of Frankenstein. But they decided to put him in a laboratory, and that windmill scene was actually a leftover script. Mm. Yeah, that was not... They didn't just happen to go somewhere else. That was where everything was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's why he knew exactly where it was and all that kind of stuff. Uh. So he throws a fake dummy down off the windmill, which is Dr. Frankenstein, and the feet flop around, and the knees bend in an unnatural way. (laughs) The feet flop around. (laughs) Did you see that when he threw him off and he landed on the windmill uh, pedals or whatever? No, I don't remember that, but I believe it's a dummy. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think, Jamie? I, Dan doesn't think much of this movie. What do you think? Do you think this is amazing? I didn't what? say that. Yeah, right. You don't watch it one and out. Oh. <laughs> uh, I really dig this movie. I always have. As a kid, like I said, it, it gave me the creeps. Um, and still, I think there are some effective moments. Plus, it's very touching. 
I think that this story hits me on several different emotional levels. <laughs> Mostly, it just makes me feel sorry. For who? For Agassiz or the creature? The <laughs> um, I just, I feel sorry for him because he's thrust into a world in which he really doesn't belong. And no matter what he does, he is scorned. And it's, it's sad. Plus, yeah, you know, um, Victor's genius is is a little misdirected. Do you think? What's wrong with that, though? What's wrong with beating death? Nothing. I think that that has been on man's mind since we first realized that we die. You know, the first thing you realize after you realize. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! We die. <laughs> oh, oops. I'm not going to be here forever. Sorry. You f- may be because I just bit your neck. <laughs> but um at least it wasn't a man bite my neck <laughs> that would be gay <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it, it, the moment that man discovered that we are finite is then the moment that he first attempted to beat it you know to to find a way around it because that's what we do as humans as humans we're always looking for the loophole so uh, that's you know that's an age old battle is fighting against death. I don't think there's anything wrong with raging against it and and trying to. Find, I mean, look at all the things it's inspired. Medicine would not be anywhere near where it is. You know, I'd be that. dead already. Actually, yeah. uh, a lot of us would be. Some yeah. of us should be. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in that list also. But uh, yeah, <laughs> to wrap this up, do I have any great clips? Let me see. Yes. Here's a very inspiring little speech. This is after uh, Dr. Frankenstein makes the monster. He talks uh, to Van Helsing. Oops, I'm sorry, Dr. Volman about it. Have you never wanted to do anything that was dangerous? Where should we be if nobody tried to find out what lies beyond? You never wanted to look beyond the clouds and the stars or to know what causes the trees to bud and what changes the darkness into light? But if you talk like that, people call you crazy. Well, if I could discover just one of these things, what eternity is, for example, I wouldn't care if they did think I was crazy. Yes. Stretch your legs. Reach for the stars while your feet are in the water. What the fuck are we talking about? And I think, though, the problem here was that he he wasn't merely trying to cheat death. Or to beat death. He was attempting to create. It wasn't a matter of saving life. It was a matter of making life. And I think that therein is where he overstepped his boundaries. Not necessarily God's boundaries, because I'm not religious, but um, nature's boundaries. No, I don't don't see why. I don't think anything wrong Nature finds a way. Well, he didn't... what What went wrong? He didn't belong here. And if asshole didn't take the wrong brain, <laughs> he'd probably be. Uh, uh, who knows what Frankenstein would be doing right now? He'd probably be selling. He shoes. would be dancing and singing, putting on the Ritz on stage. Oh, stop that! <laughs> Do you know they use the same exact equipment for that movie too? They use the same uh, setup. Yes, I did know that. And there, well, there are several things I want to point out about that movie. But when we get to even Son of Frankenstein, but 
All right, well, I got to take a piss. Let's write this. Uh, I give this a four out of five. I really like it. Mm. If those bullshit scenes weren't in there, I'd give it a, a six out of five. Damn, I thought it was good. I liked it. I give it a three. Uh, it was solid. It was definitely solid. Um, out of all the Frankenstein's, uh, well, I'm not gonna rate them just yet because we haven't gotten to all of them yet. But um, this was probably uh, second best. Second right? best, absolutely. Yep. I knew yep. it. And by the way, just so, just so everybody take note: the hammer, the first Frankenstein movie. Uh, I think it's called Curse of Frankenstein, actually for hammer that is better than this is it yeah the only thing that's not better is the monster uh who peter cushing who's the other guy christopher lee lee was not a good frankenstein he should stick to whatever he does with dracula yeah as frankenstein he brought nothing to the role he looked like shit and it was just a total like whatever uh, if Boris Karloff was in the Hammer movie, that would be the greatest horror movie ever made, probably. But whatever, it's not. So that's what it is. So Jamie, what do you rate this? Four. Yeah, maybe even foul. <laughs> so there you go. That's the original Frankenstein. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I don't know if we missed anything. Alive. God, I feel like... It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! <laughs> I'm going to say this again next time, too. <laughs> so, we'll be right back with The Bride of Frankenstein. The Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> Okay, The Bride of Frankenstein, 1935, four years after the original, directed by James Whale, starring Karloff as the monster. Colin Clive returns as Henry Frankenstein. Elizabeth is replaced. May something is replaced by Valerie Hobson. Dr. Pretorius makes his one and only appearance as Ernest Fessinger. And openly, I think Ernest, good actor. Ernest Fessinger makes his one and only appearance as Pretorius. <laughs> <That's> probably. <laughs> uh, is that what I said? Uh, Elsa Lancaster as, uh, and we're going to have a discussion about this. Mary Shelley and the Bride, um, and a bunch of other people. Is there anyone else? Oh, Meanie, the most annoying actress in Hollywood history, Una O'Connor. Oh my god. And Dwight Fry comes back, not as Fritz this time. No, he's the assistant of Dr. Pretorius instead. But he's the same guy, same role, to a different guy, same actor. Yeah, very strange. So the whole plot of this is Dr. Frankenstein and his monster both turn out to be alive after that whole windmill fiasco. Not killed as previously believed. We're going to talk about that. Dr. Frankenstein wants to get out of the evil experiment business, but when mad scientist Dr. Pretorius kidnaps his wife, Dr. Frankenstein agrees to help him create a new creature, a woman. woman. Every time he tries to get out, they suck him back in. <laughs> what I want to know is if Frankenstein was black, would he want her to be black since he's so into sticking to his own kind? 
That's a good question. It doesn't matter. Well, you won't she don't know because there aren't any black people in these movies. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't exist right. back then. Well, well, they come out in the 40s, though. But he, here's the thing. Uh, if she was – if Frankenstein's white, does he want a dead white girl? Or if she's dead, she could be black, too? It's probably – I have no idea how to answer that question. Like, how picky is he? Does she have to be just reborn or – she probably Great just has to have boobs. That's my criteria. I mean, shit. Oh, I have boobs. Well, then there you go, Jamie Jenkins. You got a lot <laughs> more than boobs, baby girl. Aww. You got that ass, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. So I want to get you guys' thoughts of this. Now, I'm completely against the beginning of this movie. Mm. I do not like... This whole what do you call those epilogues or prologues? Or Hi, I'm Mary Shelley. Yeah, stupid. You don't like the way that Lord Byron rolls the hell out of his arms. <laughs> oh God! Like why like, are they... I thought I was in a Danielle Steele novel. What is with these movies having to tell us it's fake before the movie starts? Like both Frankenstein's are basically essentially doing this. Well, mm. I love it. There was um the Mary Shelley makes this statement in the in the beginning of this movie that I think that they felt it was important for people to know for whatever reason. Okay. Um, where she's like... Um, I thought she was going to play a clip. She, yeah, I know. Are we waiting for a clip? I was waiting for it. I have a clip. Uh, where she's like... No one understood that the story that was written was uh, was basically talking about you know how you cannot you know be God. And, like, do you really think it's necessary? Like, how stupid do you think people are? You have to tell us <laughs> right, you've heard of subtext. But I think that that's what they, I mean, they just felt that they needed to tell people that, which is, you know, really it's insulting. Necessary. And cool. it is insulting, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, do you want to tell us that we should wipe our ass before we leave the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. And I always forward that. I hated just, it. I don't do that. I think it's dumb. So uh, what's interesting about this, this is truly fascinating in a way. If you notice, Karloff was uh, Boris Karloff was listed as just Karloff as the Frankenstein's monster, you know? He was that boss at that point in the game. Imagine that he wasn't even invited to the screening of the original Frankenstein because they didn't think he was important enough. Oh, that's right. But four years later, that that... That um, character exploded, and it brought him into such a high, you know, in the upper echelon of, of, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how horror movies were really viewed back then. I don't know if they were, like, the shit pile that they are now in the world, but um, I think they were respected. They were just scary movies, I guess, back then. Right. Um, so he was he catapulted so high that I, I don't know any actor that does that, honestly, except for Alan Schwarzenegger. Like, he just has Schwarzenegger, and it says T2, you know? Did you hear that he's going to be in... Um... Three new Conan movies. Oh, dude, that is amazing. I know. Waiting for that. And they're doing, um, like, oh, God, dude. They're doing the sequel to the original. With who? With Arnold. That's stupid. Because the Conan the Destroyer ended off with, it was like him as older, and he was sitting on the chair, and they talked about... That's where this picks off, so maybe I fucked it up. Maybe it starts... (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Yeah, that's where it starts with. He's a fucking boss in it, but three more. Yeah. 
awesome. That will be beautiful. That's so, what, those are my two favorites. Yeah, but forget Arnold in any Schwarz, uh, Schwarzenegger movies and in any uh, Terminator movies, though, because that's going to fucking eat up his time. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's, I don't need him in Terminator. He's a dumb He either, dude. He was good in fucking The Last Stand. Don't you remember that interview where I interviewed him and he said uh, he's not too old to play Terminator? <laughs> How could I forget it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Some what, of your so, best journalistic work, my dear. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest interview we ever had. So Indeed. So, uh, yeah, Karloff, in four years, that's how big he got. So that's incredible, the power of Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, he looks great in this movie. His clothes are singed. His hair is singed. His... Here's the problem, though. Since he had to talk... <laughs> singed my ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> his balls were singed. Anybody ever see that movie? Sorry. Jamie, check for that. <laughs> what am I checking for? Whose balls are singed? <laughs> Karloff. <laughs> How am I supposed to check Karloff's balls? He's dead. It's a scene in Saving Someone. And like, he's so Jack dead, Black. his jaw has fallen off. <laughs> well, here's the thing about his his look. Um, in this movie, if you noticed, his, that the sunken cheek thing was not happening because... Uh, he decided, fuck you, I'm keeping my bridge work in. Yeah, I'm keeping my bridges in. Well, he had to, of course, because now he had to speak. Oh, right. right. Oh, right, yeah. Cool. How about the first time we see him when he comes out of the shadows under in the water? Oh, after, yeah. After uh, we get the the, <laughs> the brilliant, um, you know, inside's always the last to be consumed. That's science. <laughs> Such a retard. I did go eat my baby. <laughs> oh, oh, I should have pulled clips from that annoying witch, man. How could I forget that? Like, people will never understand how annoying she is unless I play that. She's pretty damn annoying. Okay, I'll play right. I'll, I'll pull a clip right now. Here you go. Elizabeth! Who's oh, that? She's gone! The monster! He's got her! I saw it! The baroness is gone! Oh, how annoying is she? <laughs> like, remember, remember in Dumb and Dumber when he goes, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? He should have just played her scene. <laughs> oh, oh, did you guys see that they're making a Dumb and Dumber 2 and they released the first fucking... Um, pic- yeah, the picture. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. But what what about Dumb and Dumberer? That already exists. And Dumberer, that's a prequel. Oh, that's right. It was a prequel. Okay, mm-hmm. never. That's that stars Derek Richardson of Hostel Fame and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, first you see him at uh, fifteen, and then uh, twenty-seven, and now forty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's cool. So uh, here's here's some really like okay, this movie has its ups and downs. Don't think for a second that this movie just gets a complete pass. It doesn't. I mean, to me, oh, it don't. But... No. I I love this movie. Honestly, it does get a pass from me. The whole oh wait till we're there done. is nothing that I that there's nothing to me that will bring it down. I'll, oh yeah, I'll tell you that right off the bat. Yeah, you want to challenge me again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not so. afraid of you. <laughs> you don't learn, do you? Do you know who I am? I like getting my punishments. I guess. Oh snap! Game changer. <laughs> I love it when you put me in my place. All right, bring the heat, Alex. What you got? I'm going to bring the heat right now. No, actually, I'm going to say something really nice. First, well, okay, first nice because this happened before the next dumb thing, but an, an, am- an amazing, an amazing moment. it works out that way. Otherwise, yeah. Okay. Fucked. 
Okay, no, I'll give you a what the F moment right away. You know how when you review a movie, one of the aspects you should be looking for is does the character progression make sense from one movie to the next? Do things do things work, right? Right. Okay, right off the bat, no. Absolutely not. Frankenstein is not the same goddamn yeah, guy uh, he was in the goddamn first movie. Yeah. Since when does he just kill people like it's no big deal he kills hans why he kills his wife why he would never he didn't do that shit in the first movie he accidentally killed this little girl and then has a a, runs away from people and has a he didn't even kill frank he like threw him off the windmill but that was that was a personal situation that's a personal that was a dumb (laughs) that's like a personal problem to me Like Jamie said, in reality, he threw a dummy off of the fucking thing. He didn't, even, he didn't even kill anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So since when is he going to be this guy who runs around killing people? Right off the bat, you fail. Bad move. I think he's angry. About what? About, well, what all the fuck that happened in the first movie. That was some bad <laughs> shit, you know? I mean, he can't catch a break. People are following him around with pitchforks and 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 torches and they're trying to burn him alive and everybody wants to see it and and even right there like at the end well the end and the end of the first one beginning of the second one you know with the whole where we're there and then everybody's like wants to be sure if he's dead then um (laughs) you know it's like um they're rejoicing you know and i'd probably be angry too if i was listening in and i'm like those sons of bitches Mm. (laughs) those sons of bitches i'm getting me some revenge well, the cool surreal moment is when he did kill Hans, who, who's the father of the girl he threw in the water. Um, that owl that just like looks over and stares and just blinks its eye and just looks at him, and it's 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 really that speaks volumes. I you might not have even noticed that something watching the sad behavior of what goes on in the world. And it's just like looking and just blinks and it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I, I understand can't... what you mean. Um, I don't know the word for it, but yeah, I don't know the word, of, but I understand what you mean. You sort of, well, and uh, you know, owls are wise. Right. And you know, so he's seen a lot. Why the fuck are owls wise? How did they become wise? I never understood. Because that. they're the they're it, they're the logo for the wise potato. <laughs> I knew you were gonna. Yes. <laughs> and also, they only take three licks to get to the center of a tootsie pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not very wise because if you want to get to the center of my anything, you better take more than three. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the dumbest part of all. I, I talked about this in our fourth show, Friday 13th, part four. So, again, how the fuck do you not know that Dr. Frankenstein is alive? What, do you just see him laying down and you figure he's dead? Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, he's the doctor. So if he... <laughs> he's he the only guy who would the know? Equation. They don't know Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did I... Alex, did I ever tell you about the owl that stared at me when I was tripping on mushrooms? <laughs> dude, we had a staring contest for like an hour, dude. I, I felt him. He felt me. Did you beat him? No, dude. No, 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 no. He had he that's what that's why I asked Jamie why are they wise? Because I swear to God, I I, I honestly felt like he had an intellectual advantage over me for some reason. Even though we didn't say anything. Stretch. Oh, Oh. I'm kidding. You were tripping. Thank you. Good night. You were tripping balls. So, you know, 
a toddler could probably outwit you at that point. It made so much sense, though. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dan, a block of wood has more intellectual advantage. Over <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> All right, so Thanks, guys. Uh, but seriously, how pissed off would you be if you if you uh, went through all this shit and you came home and your blonde wife was a brunette? I mean, I would. <laughs> no, that's weird though. I hate when they recast people. Man, like the worst recasting in movie history is The Dark Knight. That is undeniably the worst switch I have ever seen in my. Oh, oh my God, dude! Tell me about it. Holy shit! Jake Gyllenhaal's sister, man. Yeah, she sucks. Maggie. I don't like her. But who would believe that that he would want to f- that Batman would want to fuck her though? Like it just doesn't make. I mean, just because the Joker fucked her brother in that other movie, I mean, I, I don't see how that correlates. She didn't even want him. <laughs> she didn't. She wanted nothing to do with him, dude. She told Harvey that she loved him. She was like, "Fuck you, Bruce." And, and Alfred was just like, "I think that you should not see this letter." Yeah, who would think she would turn down? Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Yeah. So, um, all right. So you know, Pretorius, like we said, the whole point of this movie is oh, that you know, Pretorius. Oh, he, oh, he 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 lures Frankenstein back in. Uh, so what he does is he shows him like a big scene to me that to talk about is that Pretorius shows Frankenstein what he's been working on. So he goes to his castle. I guess they all had castles. I don't know Everybody had a castle, yo. Yeah. I don't know what they do for a living, but they all have castles. <laughs> so he goes there and there are these little people in these glass bottles or jars or whatever you want to call it. And they're homunculi. Yeah, that scene doesn't work for me at all and never has, even when I was 14. I always thought it was out of place. I felt like it's, um, I think that scene is too uh, ahead of its time. Like, these movies are, they, you you hear pops and hisses, and you and, it, and it's like <laughs> You're real gritty. big on those pops and hisses. He loves yeah. the hisses and pops. The atmosphere, yeah, it's gritty, like that original Frankenstein, and then all of a sudden you get to something that, doesn't fit that mood or that whole thing. It just doesn't work. No. I like, really yeah. like that scene. And um, a, homo- a, homuncul- a homunculus, by the way, is a perfectly formed human that is miniature, if anyone does not know that. But, um, so a midget? I think they're – well, <laughs> yes, technically, right. because a dwarf would be uh, – like dwarfism is the little people. kids. <laughs> midgets are just tiny people like but fully everything is proportionate so and these guys are just tiny i think they're adorable i love that i i love the little the the fact that it's sort of a distraction it adds a little bit of comic relief to it and i think it's funny <laughs> and pretorius is set up <laughs> And it just shows that pre- how much of a nutbag Pretorius is, too, for wanting to come up with these guys. Yeah, but why are they all bishops and queens and freaking... It's chess. Uh, you don't you don't think it's cute that, like, the king is in love with the queen, so now that... And he's know... eating a, a chicken fucking wing or something? Like, come on. <laughs> this shit's chess. It ain't checkers. Oh, you know why he said, when he showed the devil, you know why he said I he resembles me quite well or something like that, doesn't he? That guy actually, that guy who played the devil actually was a stand-in for Pretorius. I thought you were going to say actually was the devil. <laughs> that <laughs> was like, actually word? was the devil. I was like, word? Who is this dude? That actually was the devil. It actually I mean, was the devil. 
They couldn't get Elizabeth back, but they got the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got him. <laughs> that when when they turn around and they show the camera from the backs of those things and you see the two of them talking, there's extra ones that he didn't introduce. Like, I guess they cut some of that out. And there's one, if you look close, it looks like a little baby on a high chair and it keeps waving to uh, to them. That's creepy. Yeah, you should look look at that again when hmm. you see that and you'll see the little, it's like it's in the middle, towards the middle. I, I noticed that. I was like, why is that there? And I never remember him. Sorry, and Wednesday's trying to call Adam Green. <laughs> what? Wednesday just came walking across my laptop, and she's trying to call Adam Green. Look, oh, oh, luckily cool. he's not on Skype right now because that. Would Let's be get awkward. him on. <laughs> he would, be, he would still pick up to him and be like, "Hey guys, you talking Universal horror movies?" <laughs> and you know what's funny too? When I mentioned how drag, uh, Frankenstein is completely out of character by killing the like, random people, it's funny. You know how like all those modern '80s slasher movies, how they kept upping the body count just because they felt they had to compete and stuff like that, or make it whatever. This movie was was the start of that shit because the original body count was 21. What? Wow. It was trimmed to 10 because of the MPA. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the MPA existed back then? Uh, censors. I don't know if they called them the MPA. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, it was probably something different then. No shit. That's crazy. Yeah, like what are they thinking? Wow. John Carpenter wasn't even down with that in 1981. These guys are doing it in 1940. 35. Wait, what was in 81? Halloween 2. Okay, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, but... Oh, so when you get to that scene, Dan, that you were talking about, where you liked how uh, Frankenstein looked when he was... The villagers got him and they crucified him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a um, overtly religious scene, but yeah, yeah. Almost followed right by uh, he escapes and he goes to that blind guy's house, and the which guy looks is like religious too. Dude, he looks like he's straight out of a Bible movie. Yeah, yeah, and and let's face it too. I don't think they were ever trying to disguise that in this movie, were they? Like the the religious overtones. I mean, no. I, to me, I got it like right off the bat. I was like, oh right. shit, Jesus up in this bitch. They got, Frankenstein, <laughs> they got Frankenstein fucking tied up, fucking lynched, fucking throwing rocks at him and shit. Did they throw rocks at him? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they did. Exactly. So there you go. Poor Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he meets this old dude. Um, so let's play a little clip from um, the blind guy. Because that was like. Who asks a lot of his visitors. You know, I mean, he's got this one guy. He has no idea who he is. He shows up at his doorstep, and he's like, oh, wait, I have a friend. You'll watch after me, and I'll watch after you, and we'll take yeah, 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 forever, and then blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, dude. I just need to <laughs> Settle down, Beavis. You know, I'm like, I just, need to, I just need to use the fire. Fire. <laughs> I'm trying to pass out watchtowers. <laughs> Come in, friend. Come in. We can all just have a big little orgy together. I can't see you. You're probably ugly, hot. Who knows? I don't care. <laughs> so here's here. There's a touching scene. Too bad we made all these jokes to lead into it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, here we go. Our Father, I thank thee that in thy great mercy thou hast taken pity on my great loneliness, and now out of the silence of the night hast brought two of thy lonely children together and sent me a friend. To be a light to mine eyes and a comfort in time of trouble. Amen. 
You know, the weird part is, normally I'd make fun of a guy like this, but I don't know, man. It it touched me in a way. Like, I don't even... Um... You know what he reminded me of, dude? You should tell a grown-up. <laughs> I need a grown-up. I need a grown-up. Um, you know what that reminds me of is Reverend Sayer a little bit. Yeah, right? Doesn't he? Like, just like the old dude that you just love and you're just like, hey, man. You know know what I love about it? He's supposed to be this really sweet, kind guy, and he's like, he seems like something out of uh, Bible stories and shit. And then, like, two seconds later, he's teaching Frankenstein to uh, drink and smoke. Here, here, I got (laughs) it. Well, which I know, like, he's like, oh, 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 peer pressure. And then suddenly he's like, Dan, (laughs) Dan with the smoking and Alex with the drinking. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's right up our alley. That's why we like this. (laughs) He's like, oh, it's my only vice. And now. (laughs) For our lesson, remember, this is bread. 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 (laughs) And this is wine. I like how Frankenstein's first words are bread. To drink. 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 All right. Good. Good. We are friends, you and I. Friends. Friends. Good. Good. And now for a smoke. Oh, yeah. He likes it. Dude, I don't think he likes weed either, man. He's like me with the smell and shit, man. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, he no, no. This is good. Smoke. You try. Yeah, the Surgeon General was all over oh. his ass. <laughs> good. 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 See, now, that sounds a little like reefer madness right there. <laughs> Dan, do you get like that? You tell me. <laughs> Every time Dan lights up, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> this is good. More or less, dude. No, sometimes, he, sometimes he drools on the top of my head when we're in the dungeon. Yeah, or on dude. your inner thigh. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's just okay but this scene is obviously okay so let me ask you guys a question now if he wasn't blind do you think that he would be as um welcome hanging out with him yeah <laughs> yeah exactly chilling with him because because that's the whole thing he's blind and he don't know and he's the only person who's treated uh the frankenstein monster as like a normal person well he's really not normal but he treats him like a normal person you know i just want to know how he knows when he's done wiping his ass <laughs> That's a damn good question. <laughs> and how come he doesn't like piss into the garbage can instead of a toilet bowl? Like I don't know how he does that. I just uh... <laughs> the director told him not to. You know, it's ama- it's amazing that blind people actually get away with or get away with. <laughs> blind people are fairly functional. <laughs> they are, aren't they? Dude, I saw a blind dude walking down the street like a boss, dude. Like, he knew exactly <laughs> where he was. And he was like, yep, I'm on Main Street, bitch. I'm on the corner of fucking uh, Suncoast and fucking Blockbuster or wherever the fuck he was. <laughs> he knows where he is. No, but he owned it, though, is what I'm saying. Like, he owned that shit. Big dude, problem. I saw, I saw a blind guy driving a motorcycle. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was that that video that just popped up about the fucking motorcycles and the SUV? Oh, God. That man. was fucked up. Did you guys see that shit? Yeah, that's bad because that guy, he baited him into hitting his back tire. Absolutely, dude. He, he, dude, he totally, with all the bikers, there's a couple of them that were fucking with the guy. And let's face the guy had his family with him. Dude, I'd run bikes over too. I'd book it. Absolutely. Fuck I don't yeah. I'll kill anybody. I don't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, too bad he didn't have a nine. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would have popped. That's what I'm saying. Like, like in situations like that, though, that's where a gun's necessary. When you got thirty bikers, and and I heard too, those bikers had um, many like uh, complaints about them years before on that. Yeah, they're on. Ride. They have videotapes yeah. of them doing. Yeah, shit. exactly. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think of the progression of Frankenstein's character? You know, Karloff didn't want that talking thing. He was really against it, but. He was just overruled. Um, well, where do you go, though? Like, you, you already did that. <clears throat> you already did that in the first one, so... Yeah, I didn't mind Dan, it. you're going to learn where we go. <laughs> because, uh, it makes no sense. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it in The Son of Frankenstein, actually, how he reverted a little bit, but... Right. They find a way to just keep going without really doing anything. Okay. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I, well, I think it's interesting. For one, he, he progresses rather quickly. From just uh, 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 to, you know, at the by the time we get to the end, like I, I don't the mimicry makes perfect sense, you know, because he shows him something and he's like, wine, wine. And then he's like, good, you know, or whatever. And that well, makes it's, sense. it's like muscle memory, I think. But by the end, he is creating his own like he's coming up with words that there's no way in hell anybody taught it <laughs> like wait where are you getting that one like where did you jump ahead in your you know esol wow <laughs> i didn't teach yeah i didn't teach you the or and he's, what the fuck you uh, talking about he's been playing with rosetta stone when no one was looking exactly <laughs> the hell's he doing <laughs> this movie has a lot of little holes Plus he here. comes on a little strong oh my god <laughs> Sitting next to her? What the fuck? Uh, and grabbing her hand. <laughs> she's like, get off me, dude. <laughs> dude, it takes me like a week to sit next to girls. All right. Now, <laughs> here's what I think is, is strange, and I want to explore this aspect of this character with you guys. Like, I'm not mocking it. It's actually a running theme for all three of the major monsters. So check this out. This is the whole – this is their whole thing. Do you know who Henry Frankenstein is? And who you are? Yes, I know. Made me from dead. I love dead. Hate living. You're wise in your generation. Okay. What is with these guys? Dracula is like, to die, to be really dead, must be glorious. And there are worse things than death. And then Frankenstein. Yes, I know. Yeah, man, you're right. I want dead. And then the Wolfman. Dan, you don't know this yet. Hate to. Jeez. Uh, what? Uh. Well, the Wolfman. You know. Well, you know by the first movie that <laughs> he's reluctant to be a wolf, a werewolf. Right. Right. Well, because c- he kills people. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Eventually, he he wishes that he was just dead. Right. So, I guess my thing is, why? What's this morbid fascination with all three of these guys? Why do they all want to be dead so much? Why do they all? Their lives are tragic, and they are, and, right? and I get 
every one of them is in the position they're in, not by their own choice, but True. by something that was thrust upon them. And thrust. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I paused because I knew someone was going to hit that word. Pause for applause. But, uh, but in. At the at the root of it all, it's a tragic way to live. They don't want to live that way. It, it, there's nothing redeeming about life for them. So that really seems to be the only choice. That also that same theme runs through like Pet Cemetery, you know, right. Um, right. where the Tim Timmy Baderman is digging in the ground and he's just like, oh, oh no, when you at the end when they're burning down the house and or. Not the very end, but the end of Timmy Baderman. They're burning down his dad's house, and he's, like, grabbing him, and he's like, no, you stay here with me, and, you know, and I hate living. And, I mean, it, it's just – it's unnatural. Right. And you're not supposed to be happy with anything unnatural, so dead would be better because dead is natural. How does he know he loves to be dead? Like, you don't know anything when you're well, dead. Well, I don't – I agree with you there because I don't really like the choice of words there. He's like, you know, I love dead. Well – Really? <laughs> you, you don't. Honestly, but, who throws a cupcake? But how many words of <laughs> – I mean how many – at this point, his, his vocabulary isn't really strong enough for him oh, right. to be able to fully express <laughs> how he feels about it. So that's He can't articulate his feelings? Right. I mean that's as close as we get, you know? <laughs> uh, I know six words. Uh, dead, no, like, wish – yeah, I mean, living. You gotta <laughs> okay, give you a little up. bit more credit, but it's kind of like me. Like, I think I'm I'm deep, <laughs> but I can never articulate like how deep I actually am. So I'm just like, yo, yo, I'm coming through. Check one, two. That's true. But here's the thing: did he hate? <laughs> did he? Did he loathe living for for what? The guilt of killing Maria? Did it, is it because because uh, he could kill her parents without batting an eye and, and not even think about it? And he's I don't think he has any guilt over killing Maria. I don't think he realized because at the time he didn't. Then what's what he wrong? Doing what's wrong is that he's treated like an outcast. He is he is an outcast. He is he's there. I told you earlier they're chasing him with pitchforks and just get a makeover and fucking what? How do you get somebody to round out your head? <laughs> Uh, a sandblaster from Hatchet 3. <laughs> That's what he needs. He needs a Victor Crowley plastic surgery job. Absolutely. Look at Victor Crowley. Yeah, I know. If that's, if that's a testament of his work... Then no, thank you. But um, I think Victor Crowley. I mean, Frankenstein grow his hair long. He could uh, sport uh, one of those like Iron Man beards. I think he could dress nicer. Um, take the bolts out of his neck. Um, I don't know. Smile more. Right. I don't know. You don't think so? Well, there's a, there seems to me when I was watching these this time, I really picked up on, it's a prejudice thing. You know, they, they, even just by looking at him or just knowing he exists, they automatically hate him. Even before he did anything, if they saw him, they hated him. And, and I think that that is what what is the main thing here is that he is he'll never be able he would never be able to live a normal life because it just is impossible and you know yeah dan how would you react you see this guy in the woods would you be like if you saw him would you be like oh and start like pointing a gun at him or would you be like you're all right man i'd uh (laughs) 
I definitely wouldn't throw a rock at him or anything, but yeah, I'd probably look at him like, what the fuck is that? And then just like anything, like I'm big on, well, obviously with the whole fucking dog theme, I don't like when people kill animals and shit like that. So it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, he's pretty much a dumb animal. Things that are too dumb to understand what's going on around them. And I always feel for that shit, dude. Like, I don't like hunting. I don't like any of that shit. I understand this necessary, whatever, whatever, whatever. I ain't gonna go do it, though. I don't like any of that shit. So, yeah, I feel for the motherfucker. Yeah. I'm sending you that cupcake clip, by the way. What's weird about this, so as we progress, you know, Frankenstein agrees to go ahead and build this chick for Frankenstein. This is monster. (laughs) 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 I I covered it. So he does that, right? So as this is happening, what do you guys which which um which process of bringing the body to life is better in your opinion? Because part 1 I think is just grittier and creepier. It had, you know, like no music and all that stuff and this it was like real, it was close to whatever, but this one is just so polished and this fancy music and this mm. this fucking lighting of half their faces dark, half their faces lit. Well plus it looks like Michael Bay got a hold of it at like the end. <laughs> I mean there's a lot the production value of this film is is just leaps and bounds above what the original Frankenstein had. Was Megan Fox in this? Her ass, anyways? No. <laughs> no, did I say anything about Megan Fox? Oh, because of Michael Bay? Ah, see. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he's going to have the Dinobots in the next fucking Transformers movie? <laughs> Talk about running out of ideas. Be like, okay, let's put in the Dinobots. You guys remember the Dinobots? Come on, anybody, Bueller? <laughs> I love Dinobots. Dan, what did you think of the process between this and the original one? And do you guys do you guys think it's kind of cheapened? And by the way, when he um, says she's alive, alive, like that cheapens the first one. Or and by the way, they play that clip more mm. than they play the original one because in the original one it was more realistic. And he was like, "He's alive, alive, he's alive." You hear Henry, Henry. So they they always play the other one where he just. Well, this is the- just a, universally accepted to be a better film, really. I mean, yeah. just about everyone. Uh, I don't really know anyone who prefers the original over this one. But hmm. um, as far as polished and shit like that, like I don't know. It's weird, dude, because there's certain like we talk about all those slow moments in the first one or whatever. Like this doesn't really have it. You know what I mean? Well, we talk about that in the Dracula. I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with that. But no, no, we did with the father of Frankenstein. Though, Rose Henry, you should come home because. I love that you can do that. I have tried. He does that so good. Dude. I know. I have tried to do the old person whistle, and I can't do it consistently. It's, <laughs> did, you it's know that's like a, did you know that's a character on Family Guy, Alex? Like that, what you just did. <laughs> You're silly bastard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but like it doesn't you have any. Bring that. Me some good news. <laughs> first go. Just first go. Go ahead. I can't. Just put your put your upper lip straight across, and then start talking. Yeah, like, I can't stop laughing. Stupid, you stupid I asshole! Frankenstein's up there like a stupid asshole trying to make dead people come to life. Oh my god, dude! Now I'm putting S's where they don't belong. You're so just so I can whistle. 
<laughs> oh, Alex, you should do a garbage pail kid show. Oh, dude, we were just talking about that when I was Juice, man. Because the real guy who plays Juice in the Garbage Pail Kid movie, he has been going to screenings of that movie. Come on! I swear to God, dude. I'm going to interview that guy. You know, I have that on DVD. Does everybody know, though, that that I didn't know Alex and I knew Juice before I knew who Alex was? (laughs) Like, I thought Alex was Juice. I swear to God, dude. Not Juice from Sons of Anarchy, but, yeah, Juice from Garbage Pail Kids. I swear to God, that's how I knew you because that's where I started listening to the show first before – uh, me and Alex started talking, so yeah, I was like, "Who's this juice asshole?" And then I was like, nah. oh, "Alex." You know what's weird about that? On those shows, the first I released a October first and two thousand eleven Halloween show, and it was covered all the classic horror monster movies. I I remember that. Show. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. So why didn't you just use that footage rather than having us do it again? I was gonna, but it was such a brief overview. You were gonna, you bastard. It's uh, GPK Radio number seven, I think. Alex is so funny. This is Pukes McGooks. Now, Pukes McGooks. <laughs> the reason he's throwing up is because you would too. It's blah, 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 blah. It was all these one-liners on all the garbage bill kids. so much good shit in there, dude. If anybody don't know, dude, GPK Radio. If you don't know, now you know. Now you know. That's sucker. hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, it has a whole cult following, actually. Uh, people write to me every week asking, why is it taking me two years to do another one? The same cult from Halloween 6. Ha <laughs> ha. By the way, um, speaking of Pretorius, can you guys tell me where else you'll find a Dr. Pretorius in horror? Uh, in... More recently? In, uh, in From what? Beyond. That with that's the one where you get to see Barbara Crampton and all the in all the dominant in all the bondage gear. Oh, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Edward Pretorius is his name in that, and he's the one who uh, he discovers the pineal gland, and he gets all that movie freaks me out. But anyway, he's also um, used in some Lovecraftian references. Uh, this name, and of course, it, and it's all stemming from. Um, the Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> but yeah, he's well, a he's a, a a character who was really inspirational, more so inspirational, I think, than the original Doctor Frankenstein. Um, ooh, that's low. Pretorius has been used. His likeness has been used. His quotes have been used. Uh, his name has been used. And and he's just a really fun, fun character. I love the shit out of this guy. I think he's. He's just so entertaining and you know, crazy I li- hell. I like him, but I always feel like he's going to ruin my life. Like, he's always up to some really dark shit. I think, well, because he is. <laughs> you ruined my I, life, asshole. I just feel like he's going to ruin things. The whole movie, even though I know how it ends, while I'm living it, I still get into it. And, like, he's going to ruin shit. <laughs> so I can never fully enjoy the guy. Uh, and then, you know, the the directing of the movie during the whole sequence of her coming back to life is that they do the same thing where they pan through the walls again because it's the same director, James Whale. Mm. So that's why that happened. So um, unfortunately, this movie wraps up with like a ton of what the F moments like. That's all it is. When you call something the Bride of Frankenstein and you put the Bride of Frankenstein at the end, that's a little fucked up and a little misleading, wouldn't you say? Yeah, where did they go to Manhattan? I thought... They, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it all took place on a boat. 
Um, <laughs> I thought that it was going to, you know, clearly, you know, start off, you know, from the other one and, and continue the story and, and, and lead into, you know, the bride or whatever. Like, maybe, I don't know, a third, maybe, you know, whatever. A third? You're, dude, this is 175th. That's what a, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean? The last 75th of the movie. Oh, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be like 65, 75th, though, right? Technically. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying, but yeah, exa- the whole point being, I thought we would see her <laughs> earlier as, a, as opposed to at the fucking end. And it was just like, oh, this isn't about the Bride of Frankenstein at all. It's about no. Frankenstein. And then, <laughs> and then at the very end, him getting rejected by the Bride Oh, God. Well, okay, let's start this off, how bad this is. Ready? Number one, this... What is with this movie with these great grand entrances from everybody? Like it it here it's with she she gets electrocuted, her hands are moving. She's alive. Alive. Okay, that's fine. You're doing the part one thing, whatever. Okay. They tilt her table down so she's like upright. Like presenting her to us. Mm. That's already wrong because she'd probably fall over cuz she's all disoriented. <laughs> yeah, right. Then instantly this this she's standing up her hair is fucking like she just walked out of the, a salon under those fucking things you put on your head and you sit in the chair she looks like she just got out of the that thing then they drop her <laughs> gown from holding it and go the bride of frankenstein like are you telling us this or are you guys living real life the bride of frankenstein <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is that supposed to be? Yeah. I know, but she was sexy in his bandages, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, they tried to do like a mummy type. That was the whole thing with that. I think even the hair was uh, what? E- like her hair was e- Egyptian looking, even you know. Walk like an Egyptian. But uh, but like that that and 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 like the wedding bell music, like dun dun dun. Yeah, it was way over the top for sure. Oh, for sure. The, the score was all over the place in this one yeah. anyway. I mean, in the very beginning, when we have the prologue that Alex loves so much, that it's it's all <laughs> jaunty and like blah 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 blah. While he's yeah. telling the story, he's recounting the story of Frankenstein, of, of Baron Frankenstein, and the and the. Very beginning, and is the yeah. score is like, and this is a really dark story that he's telling. It doesn't, <laughs> right, right. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, what is this? It's, where is this music coming from? Did he watch the movie, or did he just say, "Here's some music, use it"? Right, right, right. Well, whatever your purpose may have been, my dear, I take great relish in savoring each separate horror. I roll them over on my tongue. Don't, Lord Byron. Don't remind me of it tonight. What a sitting in that churchyard to begin with. The sobbing women. The first clod of earth on the coffin. That was a pretty chill. Frankenstein and the dwarf stealing the body out of its new-made grave. Cutting the hanged man down from the gallows where he swung creaking in the wind. The cunning of Frankenstein in his mountain laboratory. Taking dead men apart and building up a human monster. So fearful, so horrible, that only a half-crazed brain could have devised. And then the murder. The little child drowned. Henry Frankenstein himself thrown from the top of the burning mill by the very monster he had created. 
And it was these fragile white fingers that penned the nightmare. But even with the with the grand entrances, even without music, like Pretorius when he walks in the first time in their bedroom, then the next entrance of Pretorius when he smashes the the bottle and they all look at him, he's like She's with me. If you do what I say, she'll be fine. And then you got another grand entrance when Frankenstein walks in. He goes, I have somebody that might persuade you. And here, I'll even play a clip. I pulled a clip from that. Because the thing I like, and I've been doing this joke for this whole uh, October with Frankenstein, is when <laughs> Frank... It's the second. <laughs> <laughs> it's already played out. I know, right? It's already played out. It's when Frankenstein says Frankenstein. Yes, there have been developments since he came to me. Yeah, bullshit, asshole. There have been developments since he hung out with a fucking blind guy. You're going to take credit for a blind guy? Right? Jesus Christ, he can't even see. Now he's not going to be known that everybody knows he taught a monster how to talk? Plus, he's an alcoholic pothead. You maniac. <laughs> so, yeah, he takes credit for that. Then you got... So there's always these grand entrances while this. And let's get to The Bride of Frankenstein now. Holy fuck. Worst horror character in history for the Universal Monsters. Yeah, what the fuck? She sucked ass, dude. Oh, the twitching of the head, like the snapping all around. Like, what the... Was she uh, smoking weed? She's paranoid about Didn't shit? Didn't she like, hiss, too? She hissed, right? The actress said that she did that because she was sitting in a park one day and she saw swans hissing at each other. And she thought it looked very... Uh, violent or something oh i want to slap her or nasty like they're like nasty creatures oh yeah that's yeah you think so you dummy <laughs> you fucking dummy fucking swans hissing dude what you know about an owl in the middle of the woods tripping on mushrooms and what kind of logic is that like i saw swans hissing so i thought a human being should do that because they were brought back to life that's like me wanting to fucking make a movie and put an owl in it because I had a fucking indoor conversation. <laughs> with owl. I don't know. Played out um, already. <laughs> well, at this point, it, it's when they first when they first wake up or whatever. They they are pretty animalistic. I mean, if you'll remember the creature from the very beginning, like you know, he wasn't talking or anything. Then he was just like, <laughs> um, I do admit that the the jerky head movements. It is almost bird like in how she's yeah. looking around and. <laughs> But I think it gives it sort of a, um, oh. it's a, it, it, I don't know. It's like a detachment from right. humanity. And I think that that's, that that's probably the intent, but I don't know. It, it seems unnatural, but it is unnatural because she's unnatural. So, but Jamie, her muscles, like she'd be so, her faculties would be so disoriented to make quick, accurate movements like that. It just makes no sense. And, like, even, like, straight off the bat, it was bad. Because remember when they kept showing her and then they... That's the one thing that doesn't make sense about the fact that she... Yeah, everything don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, nothing about this. But but still, I mean, try to play into what you're doing. But it's like... And remember when they kept showing different camera angles of her and they, they zoomed in on her face and they went back and they did this and that. Do, do you recall the one scene where her cheeks are, like, packed with gauze and yes. shit? Yes, yes. What the fuck was that? What the fuck... She just had some dental work done. Like, that image, because it wasn't in the subsequent scene. She forgot to take her bridges out. (laughs) Yeah, she forgot. So, um, and she didn't even have to talk. She just hissed. But here's the thing. 
Like, that image can ruin it for people because... Remember how we talked about in Friday 13th Part 6, that daylight, the the scenes when they were shooting Jason during the day, the paintball scenes, and they had that fucking no muscles in the shoulder. Hate that scene, dude. Yeah. The fat hillbilly I, dude. Just... I love that movie. I hate that scene. Yeah. We, when I picture Part 6, that's the what I, the, what I picture, that guy. The smiley face on the tree. No, the, the overweight beer belly who put on a Jason mask, and he was shocked when they fired him after one day. So what do you guys think of, like, the whole aspect of her, she rejected Frankenstein, but she she was drawn to Frankenstein. Uh, wait. Frankenstein. She, reje- <laughs> she rejected the monster, but she was drawn to Dr. Frankenstein. That was weird. Well, he's good looking. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's always with the hot guys. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what she was attracted to, I guess. Also, I mean, he was her maker. Maybe there was a, maybe there was some kind of connection there. Yeah, but how did she know? Stockholm syndrome. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know, but I, I think really, just he, he's good looking guy. You know that if when you first pop out of the womb, if you have instinct, then that's what you're going to probably head for. You know. Well, now, now that brings up a very important question too. Now, if we're going to talk about sexual attraction, you're telling me Doctor Frankenstein fucking took the time to um. Make these people um, anatomically correct. So he took the time to fucking make a dick and make a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it's already there. Make them. He probably just they were. He just used the ones that were already attached to, or the one that was already attached to that part of the body that he was using from someone else. Do you think you they know, work? Probably didn't size it up and be like, um, this one's too small. Can you go get me? <laughs> well, he probably couldn't get hard, but he could piss. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was good. That that was the real. Question. He's probably pissing blood for the first week, though. That's what I'm saying. Like how or lightning. I wonder if he can even get hard. Like I wonder if he needs to get struck by lightning just to get hard. I can't believe she didn't want that big green dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's how I am when I have sex with girls. I'm just like, ugh, ugh. And I love how every picture of the bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein, he's green and she's just normal peach. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah she's like the normal one. Yeah, she's normal. I had big problems with the end of this movie, though, with that whole, with the whole fucking Bride of Frankenstein, and it was. Just... Oh yeah, dude, she was on screen for less than five minutes. I don't like that. That's misleading, and that's fucking. That's bullshit, is what it is. Yeah, there was no arc at all. No, fuck no, forget the arc, and and with, and let's go back to Frankenstein, though, okay? Or or I'm sorry, the Frankenstein monster. Fucking hell. Um, I will be doing that a lot. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though. That's very misleading because if you're going to um, say that you're going to build up the development because you know Frankenstein or the Frankenstein monster is going to be in it, if you're going to pretend like you're going to build up that relationship and don't do it, I was a little let down. I was basically like, well, this is just a continuation of the first movie and his journey, and then at the very end, he, he tries to get a little pussy. Like... Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see what's going on here. I don't get it. I don't get what the, why I call it Bride of Frankenstein if it ain't even about the Bride of Frankenstein. Like you said, except for the last five minutes. It's bullshit. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Well, what would you call it? Uh, uh, the Return of Frankenstein. Yeah, something, anything but that. Do you know what I mean? Like, would, would you agree with that though, Jamie? Like that, that it was misleading in a sense? Or well, I, I, I feel like that this movie is about the journey to get to her. 
So it's, it's hanging out with a blind guy got to her. Well, I mean that also showed <laughs> what his character was going through. In, or, in order for us to understand how he was going to be hurt by her rejection, then we would have to be able to believe that he could interact with emotion. No, no, pussy is good. <laughs> so, it, so it's building up to the end, right? So I think yes. Have... I mean, I, I think that so, ultimately that's the ultimate goal. It just okay. takes us a while to get there. Okay. You know? So what you're implying is, at, t- towards the end, he's got to create somewhat of human emotion to create somewhat of of some sort of game, right? Look at what happened, though. Like, he just walks towards her, tries to grab her boobs, or that's whatever. That's what he gets <laughs> his game from a blind man. Yeah, really. <laughs> If that guy had any game, then he wouldn't be pouncing on every visitor that pops in his door to live with him. <laughs> Why is this movie good, though? I don't understand. Like, the character development is nothing. It's just like a dummy walking around, and he tries to grab a boob at the end, and then it's like... No, that's wrong. No, I think the I think Frank's science development was great, dude. It's just that it's just that it didn't go anywhere. Like, it, it was great... But it didn't really have anything to do with her, and it was just you know what just, you know what I can't disagree with that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it makes no sense. You're right. Like that's why this movie it's praised and so held so high, <laughs> and it's it's not exactly what everybody thinks it is. Oh, it's not what I thought it would be. And dude, talk about a fucking dumb ass what the fuck ending. Why is there a lever in the castle that will blow the whole thing up? Like, Why do we should... even have this? <laughs> yeah, why is this here? Can we get rid of this thing? I don't want to die today. Like, we don't what have if a bird one of in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, we don't have... Well, maybe we should get one of those. No, because one I, of you I... fools will play with it. Uh, hey. <laughs> pull us all up. Show number 100. I'm going to pull that bitch. <laughs> We're going to hit that bitch. <laughs> no, you live. We belong dead. We're gonna do fi- one final fucking astomouth, and then we're gonna blow the place to bits. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I'm a horrible person. I think we gave this movie a fair shake. I think we talked about uh, a lot. We <laughs> gave things. it a fair shake, all right. But the thing is, it's, it's, are we assholes or something? Like, yes. yes. We didn't say too many good things. We maybe are we right though? Yeah, well, it's fucking right. Stuff? You got a mouse in your pocket? I've said nothing but good things about it. Well, Dan well, agrees with me. Dan's a pothead. Uh, <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. I can't disagree with okay, that. There, it, I mean, there are, you know, what moments where it, if you really try to look at it too hard, no. you're just wasting your time. If you try to look at it too hard, there's, it, just, it doesn't even take a lot of really hard looking to pull no. it apart. I didn't do it. I know you didn't, baby. What I'm saying is that you don't have to. I mean, it, if you just really look at it at all, this movie just falls apart. Yeah. Because, but, but back then, put yourself in the place of the audience that that was this was screening for originally. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have fucking house. That doesn't help me realize there's dumb things in it. They didn't know what. As far as they were concerned, this was. Okay, it was movie science, and if you right. tell me that that's how it works, then okay, that's how it works. That's what I'm saying about these old movies, right? They don't know better. No, you know what, Jamie? I think you're confusing um, modern days and internet uh, interaction with with rewatches, because I think with rewatches is where these things come up, and it's it's not, you know. Okay, they also didn't have the ability to rewatch back then. 
Okay, well then, yeah, I guess it works. Yeah. It was a one-shot deal. So, I mean, back then they were able to pull things over on people more so than now, you know, because we can watch and rewind and watch and rewind and, well, okay, we don't have to rewind anymore. But rewind. <laughs> Be kind of rewind. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that shit, <dude>. um, <laughs> You're watching it in the tape player. Um. <laughs> fix the tracking. Remember how you always had to go back and, and like if you had to rent another video and you forgot to rewind the last one and you had to explain yourself like, I'm so sorry, I forgot to rewind. Like, uh, I'm not that old. I don't even remember that part. I'll, Alex, I'll uh, bet you, you just dropped in the box and then went in the door, huh? Exactly. Ah, yeah. Dude, I drop everything in the box. I'm surprised I'm not a dad. <gasps> yeah. But, um, well, they didn't really have to worry about as much scrutiny uh, back then because, uh, first of all, people are just super excited. In 1935, they're just excited to see things happening before their eyes. <laughs> they're happy they're fucking talking in this movie. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, look, you can hear what they're saying, honey. You don't have to bring your glasses. They right. saved up a nickel and they went to the movie. And th- this was super exciting. And they're not going to sit there and pick it apart. Like we do. I mean, because, you know, they didn't oh. have the ability to watch 27 movies a week. Like, yeah. Well, and, 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 and plus, they're probably just happy to see a movie that didn't include a Tommy gun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what, Snakes. I'll give you a cut of a 10 to get you yellow-bellied. <laughs> snakes, Sorry. Snakes. I know Snakes. What's that name? Snakes? Yeah. One, two, ten. Keep the change. You filthy animal. Filthy animal. Um, so what do we do? Rate or do we have anything else to say? Oh, well, one more thing I want to say is they also have a nice reference to Burke and Hare in this movie, which I enjoy. What? If you are familiar with them, they were the grave Burke Hare? Burke and Hare. They were grave robbers. So yeah. the grave robbers in this that they employ um, is it sort of like a it's a it's a reference to that, which I think is fun. What's so. the reference to? Did these motherfuckers really rob graves? In the yes, they were. They were grave robbers. Sick who? Well, fuck. okay. This is. They started out as grave robbers, and then ended up killing people because what they were doing is they were selling the bodies to the med- to medical school right. to use for medical class. A medical uh, class. What is that? <laughs> anyway, so, so um, but they the fresher the body, the more it was worth. So oh, then no. they, they, they graduated to killing people. They and, killing you know what? People. Check That's out the movie oh. Burke and Hare from 1972. It'll actually it's a pretty fun movie. You heard it, guys. Burn hair. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that was a reference to them, which I always think is fun whenever movies do that. And there are quite a few references to Burke and Hare throughout. Um, How strange is it, though, that Frankenstein killed Dwight Fry twice? He killed him as Fritz, and then he killed him again as that guy who killed the girl for that heart. Now, here's here's another thing where I think it falls flat character-wise. Frankenstein killed Fritz because he was being tormented by Fritz. Frankenstein in this movie just, for some, like, left-field, like, out-of-nowhere reason, decides to go head up to the top of the castle where the kites are flying, and he just decides to go after the dude and throw him off the fucking uh, castle. Do you... Yeah. That's not what he does. Do you think that's an early version of up in the body count? I mean, really. It, Absolutely. It, but that's what I'm saying. Though. Like, we say it like, oh, up the body count. <laughs> but like, well, how do you know. know what he does? This is only the second movie. Because 
he didn't do it for like ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, but he also didn't right. talk either. I mean, Ooh. now he's he's no. He killed the first two people for no reason before he talked. He understands. Well, see, I don't count the little girl as being killed because he didn't know what he was doing. It doesn't right, mean- but that's part of his character. He regretted it. He was afraid of what he did. He didn't want to kill her. That's you have to include that. So you that's the whole point. It doesn't make any sense. Now you're taking a scary monster and making him kill people. That's where you fall flat. Alex is so pissed. I hate it when you take a scary monster and have him kill people. That doesn't make any sense at all. Get out of here. You're you're just like everybody else. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's not not what he's about. Just like (laughs) Michael Myers doesn't walk on fucking roofs to go after people. It's not what he's about. Doesn't? No. That's why what? That's what Jason does in the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah, he doesn't do that either. <laughs> that was sick, though. He, he only stands on roofs and stands by windows for a half hour waiting for a twin to walk up to it. And he waits in showers, dude. I didn't like that part in the remake. He waiting in the shower. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really. Come like, on. What are you just chilling in the shower, Jason? What are you just, what are you just sitting there, bro? Trying to be crazy Ralph over here and hanging out in a cupboard? You ain't doomed, son. You're just fucking doomed for failure. So, you know, we can't go too long. We, I think we're literally we've tied the running time. So mm. uh, how do you rate this? Dan, I'm more curious with you because you're a newbie. I liked it. It was uh, it was a solid flick. It was definitely... Uh, it was a lot better than the than the first one, I think. No, not a lot better. I... I I enjoyed yes yes it was better um I enjoyed it slightly more and uh, yeah it's kind of on par with all these movies all the old movies you know so, certain things creep me out that probably shouldn't have creeped me out but I just found them creepy because they were old hmm. and I find old things creepy <laughs> yeah well some things are very creepy when they're yeah, old it's just but I didn't like the whole misleading like but I say misleading I don't know what the fuck this movie was supposed to be or how they marketed it or whatever I don't even know if they had market oh no you got it right they misled okay well then there you go I didn't like that I didn't like how with the last fucking few minutes I was like what the fuck I was like this is stupid I was like the fuck I thought it was supposed to be about the buyer Frankenstein and you know maybe fucking you here know. tell me something were you wait like halfway through the movie were you wondering like where is she gonna pop up Yes, and then when I found out she didn't, I just got pissed and started taking bong rips. So, yeah. well, then it worked out. It, it did work out for me. Okay. Yeah. I I rate this a four out of five. I, I rate really it three out it. of five just for yeah yeah. You really wait? You really liked it? Yeah. Okay. Right. I you know there's things, but uh, as Jamie has said in almost a, a year's worth of stuff, and time and time again, those things just um. I don't know. Fall by the wayside? They yeah, they just, uh, they just don't... Wait, are you trying to say that I'm repetitive? Yes. No, but, you know, I, I, do, the <laughs> same, I do the same thing. There's, uh, look at me, I, I talked about every flaw in all the psychos, but I just don't care. I, I don't know. And that's the thing, like, we can talk to death about the flaws, we can laugh about them, and we can fucking talk them to death, but the, the truth of the matter is, does it really matter at the end of no. the day? Yeah, that's is what's that, important. Right. Does it matter? Does it really fucking take away from all the good things? Because let's face it, like, if we talked about all the good things, dude, this would be like the fucking Care Bears show. Fuck that. Like, we'll talk about the shitty things, and then we'll give it the rating, and that's that. Like, it's a good movie. And and I think it is a good movie, and that's why I rated it. So you know, three. So yeah, that's solid, it's good. right? It's a great. Yeah, I it's better than it. I could do. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> well, no, you gave it a four. That is better. Yeah, that's still better than I could do, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what do you rate this? It's five. Oh, shit, son. She's dropping the five on your ass. You couldn't have sat here for the last hour and still think this is perfect. I, put I didn't say it's it. perfect. I rated it a five. Oh, five really love is, it. I love it. That's all it means. So, um, no, it's not perfect. But there are things that I take away from this that are just incredible. Pretorius alone just blows this movie out of the water for me. His character is amazing. He's got some great dialogue. He's got some great presence. Um, and just the funny little things, like the little bits about his, he's like, oh, this is my only vice, you know, drinking. Yeah, like, oh, drinking. Well, this is my only vice, smoking. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, you notice that Frankenstein didn't have that drink with him, too. He That's just right. Let that cup sit, he let it sit there, that glass. But, um... Oh, yeah, I don't, it's just those little things. I love this movie. I love it. And to me, it is – there's only one other of these originals that I will that I will rank that high. And we don't know what it is yet, but you'll find I out. too. And just want to let everybody know, oddly enough, I just mentioned how uh, Dr. Frankenstein didn't drink from that glass of uh, whiskey or whatever it was, but – uh, he's actually in real life. He was a raging alcoholic, and yes, that's right. He died. Colin Clive. Of, yeah, he died of alcohol. Um, uh, compli- like cirrhosis of the liver or something. Yeah, like something like that. It, he really? was an insane alcoholic. Yeah. Wow. Like really bad. Worse well, than maybe Lon that Kenny explains Jr. the crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah, dude's crazy got some eyes. crazy ass eyes. He's like. <laughs> 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 yeah, like Lon Chaney like Jr. Mr. Deeds. We're gonna get into Lon Chaney Jr. soon. This the guy. This guy. Uh, I give him. I think he give him a run for his money. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Not Newton Theaters, Gemma Arterton co-stars in the fact-based thriller Runner Runner. For a rack-based thriller, check out 2009's The Disappearance of Alice Creed, where the Brit babe bears her perfect pair in four scenes. Gemma will turn your 5K into a 10K. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Less tastically limited in theaters, Sons of Anarchy stars Maggie Siff and Robin Weigert deliver a one-two punch in concussion. Maggie will make your head throb as she sapphically ravages Robin while making her new debut. Concussion will give you vein damage. Nude on demand, soap star Natalie Hall makes an incredible nude debut in Plus One. Not only do we get to see Natalie naked in seven separate scenes, the movie is laid end-to-end with other topless party hats. Plus one, plus Natalie, minus clothing, equals skin-credible. Alright guys, well that's it for this show. We cover Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Bride of Frankenstein. Make sure you tune in to show number 69 for Son of Frankenstein, The Wolfman, Ghost of Frankenstein, and we'll try to squeeze one more in there. It depends how long it runs, but we will be taking the journey through the Universal Classic Monster Collection through all of October. So be sure to tune in for the next show if you liked what you heard. And remember, you could always find us at theskeletoncrew.net and be sure to join our Facebook page. It is uh, It has exploded. We blew past four, five, six hundred members. 
you know, we'll make it 700, 800, we'll keep going, we'll hit 1,000 hopefully pretty soon. So be sure to join our Facebook page, guys. A lot of updates, a lot of fun things going on there. So we will be back on show number 69.